All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. And tonight, we're talking to Girls with Scales, a.k.a. <laughs> Summer Grace Mitchell. Uh, we're going to be talking Morelia, Rough Scales, all kinds of, yeah, all kinds of uh, Morelia talk tonight, all different ways. Um, should be cool. But first, Owen. Yes. I have to congratulate you oh. on hatching out some. Right, thank you. Oh. Some, some some rare colubrids. It's or... not they're not as rare as I thought they were originally, but I, they are so cool. Dude, they're big babies. They're huge. Yeah. And they have giant well, What are what are we talking about oh, before you get into a whole diatribe about? Listen, I was <laughs> there were very few things that are gonna make me run around my snake room like giggling at a really high like, you know, <laughs> like and that was um the the we got mad hog babies. So um cool so far there are three that are out of the egg and there are two more that are still in the egg dude these things freddy krueger those eggs like they do slices all up and down back the front of the egg like little ones and then they just sit in the right. egg and then they constantly just are moving around in this egg and there's nothing left in this egg except for them like you know when a baby carpet hatches and they come out there's like yeah. a, there's a lot of yolk there's a lot of other stuff this this thing was nothing. It's like a monitor. Like it was just eventually it was it was an animal wrapped in like saran wrap. Like there was nothing left in there. <laughs> it was just baby nice. snake. And they eventually came out and they're alert. They're running around. They're doing all the falsehood stuff and all they're all hissy and puffy. Already? It, yes, I love it. It was fantastic. They're all pissed <laughs> off. It's wow. tiny little things. It's adorable. But it's they're such big babies. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I was, I was. Uh, uh, people are like, are you selling any? No, they're all mine. <laughs> like, I'm keeping all of these, but they are so cool. Right. Um, yeah. So so far we have how many did you hatch out? So far we have three out of the egg, and I got two more in the egg still that are just kind of chilling. Which they they could be outside of the egg now. I have to go downstairs later and check again for like the fifth time today. Um, but uh, so far I got one boy, two girls. Oh, nice. Yeah. So very cool. I'm excited about that. What else do you what else do you got on the docket to hatch out? Soon? Um olive pythons are due any day. Oh, okay. So that'll be my second clutch of olives. And then I got a small clutch of tigers, tiger carpets, and then I have uh the clutch that from the ocelot girl that I got from you crossed with my jungle stripe male. And then way in the future, I have rhino babies. <laughs> it's like there's this big gap between the, when the pythons are done and when the rhinos are going to finally hatch. So um, so they'll be hatching once we start cooling down. Probably. Like that. Yeah. And that whole thing again. So, um, yeah. So that, 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 that'll end my season right there is I got a ton, which I got to take pictures of all the stuff uh, this week because I need to try to figure out because I think. Out of that exanic jag clutch, I only have one exanic jag, and it's a male. Everything else doesn't look exanic enough to me. It doesn't have like the white eyes or the bluish color. So, okay, yeah, but we'll see about the other stuff. Like okay. I have some other exanics, and then I have some <clears throat> cool looking caramel shit too, and some a really nice tigers and stuff like that. So I guess start taking pictures of animals. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
I was saying that the other day. I haven't taken a picture of a snake, and I can't tell you. You how don't long. sell or breed snakes anymore. You just sit here and like I don't know, read books and I'm a watch. Snake keeper. You watch your you watch your lizard like walk from one rock to another, and you ooh, and you start writing it down. So you know. So mm. we're gonna we're gonna talk about this okay. when we when we get summer on here. But like you know, so one of the things that I constantly go back and forth with, and we've had this debate, and you know, is like, you know, the whole. The whole YouTube thing and the reptile thing, mm. like, you know, the clickbait and all this kind of stuff. Right. So it's like, but here's the thing, yeah. right? Yesterday, I, I, I usually don't watch you, you, the typical YouTube um, videos. Actually, uh, Summer works for Justin Kobelka. Yep. And I do watch his because it's not, it's not like the, the, they haven't like blown up the retail. It's very professionally and, done. Uh, yeah. It's not about anything other than, you know, the guy is is a master when it comes to making cool looking ball pythons. Mm. I, I know, Owen. I know. It's fine. Yeah. I can, appre- I can, <laughs> but I'm telling can you, appreciate it. His ball pythons are another level, okay. man. They're just like, they're another level. And I'm curious to hear what Summer has to say about like being able to look at them every day. But anyway, um, so. I, it was me and my wife. We were watching. I, I was just watching YouTube and Kent Kennan, which I don't typically watch, mm-hmm. but he has this huge enclosure. I mean, this thing is huge. This enclosure is humongous for these water monitors, right? Yeah. And he introduces his male in with his female and has like this river system that's flowing through it. And it's, it's just like, but you're watching the uh, intelligence of these things is just mind blown mm-hmm. i mean dude and i'm I'm sitting there and i'm going like this is they're like dogs almost like they're coming when they're called and he's you know um they're yeah he's feeding them and like that you can see them interacting with the female and like how she's like hiding from him and then how they like he's going around and he finds her where he can smell her and he's looking for her and like Dude, and, and I go to change it because I think at this point my wife is just bored <laughs> to tears. Right? Right. Because we're watching this for like 20 minutes and I change it and she's like, What are you doing? Go back. And I was like, I want to see the lizards. I, I said, but... <laughs> She's like, That was really cool. So it made me just take a step back. Right. And I thought, Huh. Like, she wants something. At the end of the yeah. day. No, no, no. no it's <laughs> not even that. It's just that it's just the idea that of somebody that doesn't appreciate the intelligence, the uh, social aspect, right. the, uh, you know, the thing that we all love about reptiles. Uh, and I mean, it's my wife. She, I live and breathe reptiles all day long. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, she has to, there, she, gets, yeah. she gets it through osmosis. Yeah, but I say, eventually but, it'll go. Yeah. <laughs> but she wasn't fascinated by it. So it made me think like, is that really the end game? You know what I mean? Like, isn't the end game to get people to have a different, um, like change their view yeah. at least a little bit yeah. about reptiles and, 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 and whatnot. So I don't know. I don't know, but we'll get into get that. It. But, yeah. <clears throat> I, um, one more, uh, thing I just have to announce in case you missed it. Field herping episode number two is up. It's so cute. So like go check that out. Episode. It's adorable. <laughs> Listen, you. <laughs> I made this whole thing, and I can take it, it all I will down. rip it. Down. I will take it away. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. 
But yeah, it's uh, we talked to uh, another great YouTuber, uh, Lou Boyer. Um, and uh, the interesting thing about Lou is, is that he is an airline pilot. Yeah. And I don't know why he reminds me of Bill Stiegel, but he just <laughs> does. He's just this whole persona, I his whole thing is just terrified to get that. into a plane that was being flown by Bill Stiegel. By Bill Stiegel? I don't think I would allow okay. it. <laughs> I've been in a car so with anyway, him. So anyway, I don't know. He's got it's the most unique herping situation ever because he gets to herp. Yeah on his like way he's laying over yeah. for the next flight. It's amazing. And like, he's, he's going to all these crazy places and in, in, in like, you know, he's going to Japan and Thailand and, you know, China and, and like, uh, dude, it's, it's nuts. That so is awesome. You should check that out. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's all I got for now. So let's get this going and get summer on here. Okay. Summer, how you doing? Hey, uh, welcome I'm good. to Ray Python Radio. Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Well, we'll, we'll... I guess first we have to say congratulations on your uh, engagement, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> thank you guys so much. It was a long time that's... coming. <laughs> I don't, awesome. Don't say that. <laughs> but that's awesome. This guy's that. This guy's uh, what? What are you? Uh, I don't. A couple months away from getting married. No, dude, years. Are you kidding me? Like it? No, it, years. It's gonna be uh, October 2022. Remember, that's why you're not allowed to go. Uh, you're not allowed to go to Australia in 2022. Or we can't go look. No, for you must push that. If you go to Australia in 2022, <laughs> for, if you miss my wedding in 2022, to go to Australia to look for rough scales, we will never speak again. So. <laughs> No, sir. Okay. Bring back a rough scale, though. I will gift. forgive him <laughs> after he gets out of prison. So, yes. Um, but yeah, those, those uh, are the points. Those are the costs. I, I'm trying to figure out how to put snakes on a wedding registry. If I figure it out, Summer, I will let you know. So, yeah, let me yeah. know. I, I can't be that hard. So, you don't want the snakes. You want the caging and, the, you know, UV lights makes, and all this kind of stuff. Makes you know what I mean? You know, I can get the snakes. It. It's the other shit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can you? You open up a registry with inland reptiles. I think you can, <laughs> Nick. That's I that, bet that's you Nick, corner he Nick has a way. It. It's, he's got to have that. It's fine. So we can figure that out. Very but cool. anyway, summer. Every time we have somebody new on the show, we of course want to hear, you know, how you stumbled into this insane world. So what got you started into reptiles? So I like dinosaurs. No, I'm just Damn kidding. It. I don't. I did not like dinosaurs. Um. I have a slightly different, interesting sort of way in that my mom is an animal person. Okay. And so I grew up with tons of animals of all shapes and sizes. Any kind of animal you can think of. She likes it all. Cool. And we had it all. So we had horses. We had emus. We had peacocks. We had fish. We had lizards. We had turtles. We had frogs. We had basic cats, dogs, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, so reptiles were never an other thing to me. They were always just another animal, mm -hmm. just like all the other ones we had. And so I always liked them, but I didn't really have like a specific interest in them growing up. I just liked all animals until for my, um, well, I should say that specifically my mom had some boa constrictors growing up too. So we had big snakes okay. in the house and there was like, there's a picture of me when I'm like five, like holding a giant boa. <laughs> so like it was just always normal. Um, and then when I turned 11, my 11th birthday, my mom took me to a local pet store that we had that she knew the guy, you know, she'd gotten parrots from him and stuff. And, uh, she was like, why don't you pick out 
um, an animal for your birthday. Mm-hmm. And so they had happened to get in a litter of boas. And I'm sure it was like some kind of like, I'm sure they were like horrible. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's a bag, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but because this was would have been like the early 2000s. Right. So they had this litter of like freshly baby boas. And my mom was like, oh, look at those. Like, do you want, do you want to get a snake? And I was like, yeah, that, sure. Let's get one. And she was like, okay, but it's going to be your thing. Like, so you're going to have to go home and research it. And I was like, cool. So I did, and this was 2004. So the internet was a thing, but not obviously like it is now. But that was major like forum yeah. era. Yep, yep, yep. So me, little little summer, sixth grade summer, well before sixth grade even, I went on and just made accounts and lied about my age <laughs> and went on all these forums and started, uh, you know, started researching to learn about the boa. And I posted, I, I uploaded pictures like, like. 200 by 400 <laughs> resolution pictures. Um, and I was chatting with all these people and my first screen name was uh, Boa Babe 448. <laughs> so so if you ever see that across the internet and the, the Wayback Machine, that's me. Um, and yeah, so that was basically my my entry into the into reptiles and into the hobby kind of at the same time. Yeah. So it was really interesting because I, I don't know, it, it, was, it was very much like diving in the deep end in the sense that as soon as I got that one snake and I started researching it, I was immediately like, oh, everybody has ball pythons. Everybody has leopard geckos. Everybody has bearded dragons. Everybody has crested geckos. Oh, I have to have all these things too. <laughs> and so the addiction aspect of it started then. I was going to say, it um, sounds like you jumped in the deep end with both feet. Like it, like I had my first boa to the forums. Whoa, right. like you skipped a lot yeah, of steps. No. <laughs> exactly. And I was very unsupervised uh, on the internet. So it, I was by, I literally like would, um, my I, my parents had just gotten divorced. So I think my mom was like trying to be nice to me. So, so I started seeing all these cool animals. And again, my mom loves animals too. So I started just, I started buying stuff online and I, I wasn't buying it. I would ask my mom, but I mean, I was finding the breeders and finding, you know, getting all the information and I would type up like a little kind of request for an animal, like with all, everything that would be required, like how to take care of it. And then like who I was going to get it from and how much it costed, costed, I can't talk, how much it cost. And, um, yeah. And I would give it to my mom and all right. Cause I was also kind of like, I'm a shot. Not now, but I was really shy when I was a kid and I was scared of rejection. So I would like slip it under her door <laughs> at night and like she'd find it in the morning. It's a little a <laughs> little dissertation like, <laughs> on the animal that you want yeah. and you just slide it under the door. Right. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so yeah, so I, I built up a, a little bit of a collection that way when I was in middle school. And um I started a website for myself because I was gonna be a snake breeder. So Very I had cool. a, yeah. had dom- I had a domain name oh, and everything. God. Oh god, um, it's, it's all coming back to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um heaven heaven sent herps.com. Well, that was me. It's hilarious because you're doing this in 2004, 2005, you know, in middle school, and I'm doing it like pretty much at the same time in college. <laughs> like it is right in there. Yeah. Yeah cool <laughs> and so yeah so yeah so uh, that that's my villain origin story good um it's a nice one it's i assume yeah and after that comes the like volcano layer of something along those lines and you know true villain exactly, right yeah. away yeah world domination. of course <laughs> yeah as as it should so all right so what was the boa the thing that kind of clicked you into it or was there a specific animal that Really, you can kind of trace it back as like this is this was the linchpin that's caused the avalanche. You know, I think it was that first snake. Okay. I had 
you know, a connection with him for whatever reason. And I also was going to the library and getting every book on reptiles and anything I could find. And there was something about the boas that I liked. I don't know if it was because, like I mentioned, my mom had mm-hmm. had a pair of boas when I was really little. And so I don't know if it was that or I just thought he was a cool snake. Um, I got into I got some ball pythons and I actually um, I got a couple of them. I think I had three at one point, just normals, because at that point, I, an 11 year old could not afford a pastel. It was like $5,000. Um, so I, I had some ball pythons. I had the beardies. I uh, I bred leopard geckos and failed miserably because I, I broke all the eggs. Oh, and uh, that was the end of my breeding career back then. Um, but. Yeah, it was. I, I got into a bunch of stuff. Anything that was really popular and really accessible, I got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but it was really the boa. Like I think the boa was it. And then I, I kind of got out of it for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I always kept a couple of things. I had a bearded dragon for a really long time. Actually, she just passed away. She mm-hmm. was like seventeen years old. So I had her for oh, a long wow. time. But a lot of people don't <clears throat> gauge that. Like you, you, you had a seventeen-year-old bearded dragon, and that's awesome. I got I got her when I was eleven. Right. Yeah, I got her that same year. But it's almost like I, I almost guarantee you that a lot of people would be surprised to hear that a bearded dragon lives to be seventeen years old. I was surprised. <laughs> I up still going now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, the husbandry the the husbandry that was recommended mm. on the forums and on you know in the in the hobby in two thousand four two thousand five is not what is recommended today. No. You know what I mean? It's yeah. similar, but I mean, right. a lot of things have changed. We learned. And yeah. And so, you know, by today's standards, you'd think she wouldn't have lasted two years. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering how much has changed. <laughs> but, yeah. How she was kept versus, yeah, yeah gotcha. in the beginning, yeah. Yep. But she made it, so. Yeah, I mean. R.I.P. I, I kept, one of my oldest carpet pythons was in a bin underneath my dorm room bed in college like and was living yeah. off of a cvs human heat pad i was well, a go. horrible oh, yeah. person all of, all of my stuff was yeah. off human heat like, pads oh in the beginning yep. we're the reason they put or those Lycos. things to, exactly we're the reason they put yeah. those things to have auto shutoffs like it's, i know right, yeah. right. <laughs> so funny. i i often wonder like so you had the boa but what made you change to pythons like what yeah. what drew you to pythons so i players. I had, back then, um, I had looked into the carpets because I was looking, I looked into everything mm. you could possibly get, but you know, everybody said right. they were bitey and I was a kid and I was like, I don't want something that's mean and bitey, <laughs> even though they're really pretty. Sure. So I kind of stayed away from it. And then as I got older, I, I got a lot, I got rid of a lot of my stuff and I was down to just a couple of animals while I was in high school and college because mm. moving around, I, I, we moved a couple of times and but I would always periodically um, – sorry, somebody just called me. I was I would always periodically kind of like daydream about these species that I would want. And so I would kind of like every now and then go on and like look at the forums and log back in and check on what was happening. And I would I would look up how much cages cost now and kind of make a little like, – like I did when I was a kid. Like I'd make a little plan for myself of like how I was going to get this animal. I would never get it. But um, I was really interested in Angolan pythons for a while. Right. For some reason, because I had the ball pythons and I just, they weren't my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. Like they just, I had, I've had four, well, I've had five total over my lifespan. Um, and I got them when I was a kid and I didn't really like them. So I got rid of them. And then I got, I tried to get another one because I thought maybe I'll like this one. I didn't really <laughs> like it. Just keep trying. And then I tried again whatever. and got another one and I didn't really <laughs> like it. But I kind of thought people said the Angolan pythons were like similar. 
to the ball pythons. They're just bumpy. But like a little bit yeah. more like a boa personality wise. And then bumpy, which was cool. And cool. like a little bit more rare, which was kind of appealing. So I, I liked those for a while and was looking into them. And then really what happened was honestly, you guys, I was, I, I got, I moved out on my own finally. And I, I had a king snake. I had my beardy and I had a, a crusty. And then I was like, I want to get like some more stuff now that I'm in my own place and my parents can't complain and I'm financially on my own. <laughs> and I thought about getting into, I was like, well, I love boas. I'm going to look back into boas. And so I was looking up um, Vin Russo. And I, I think I came across, you guys did an episode with him like way a long time ago. Like it was back in the archives, but I found it <laughs> just searching for stuff and I listened. And in that, I'm sure at some point you guys started talking about carpet. I mean, yeah, that is what we and do. So I was, and I was like, oh, these guys are, these guys are okay. I, I liked their, you know, you guys had a fun rapport or whatever. So I, I listened to more of your episodes and I was like, you know, they, they don't make it seem like carpet pythons are evil like they're not acting like they're like i mean maybe some of them are, I mean, but uh <laughs> but you know they're not acting like they're. i like mean the there's, there's always that one in the group we're like and that one that one there he's a dick but anyway <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah so i once i um was listening to you guys i just did my usual thing of researching i was still looking into the boas i was looking into everything mm-hmm. you know anything that seemed interesting i would research it and I started researching the carpets and I was like, you know, these are really cool and they're very kind of boa-like in a way, but they stay a little bit smaller Mm -hmm. than the kind of boas I like, or unless I got like a a Central American boa, which I'm just not really into for some reason. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I I just started looking into it and then kind of happenstance that I live five minutes away from Casey Cannon. Oh, that is And so (laughs) it kind of of two things happened. I don't know if you guys, do you guys know Jade Alexandra? Yeah. Jade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She also lives or used to live near me. I mean, not super near, but we live around Atlanta, metro Atlanta area mm-hmm. for a while. And so when I first started kind of getting interested in Moralia, I, you know, I like to be hands on with things. I used to volunteer at a pet shop and that was how I would get to try out species was I would just clean their cages at the pet shop and kind of <laughs> interact with them and be like, do I like it? Do I not? And I think that was what had kind of stopped me from pursuing the carpet pythons before was that I'd never seen one in person. Mm-hmm. So okay. I didn't have anything to judge. The The reptile shows here, there's no representation at all for anything Morelia. We have a couple people that work with them, but they don't go to shows. So literally, if you go to a Repticon, you may get like a weird like flipper table that has like a one carpet, like, yeah. really ugly one or something. <laughs> um, but that's it. So I, I asked on our Georgia, we have a really good Georgia community facebook group and i asked on there does anybody work with this and she posted like all she had all these scrubs and like hype like stonewash brettles and like all this cool stuff she had a roughie and i was like holy crap can i come clean cages for you <laughs> and just like hang out with your snake what? i literally why I, I is really there no did. one in pennsylvania that wants to come clean so, my cages like what? <laughs> yeah so i went to her house and i uh she showed me around her snake room and we talked and then i ended up pet sitting for her a couple times when she went out of town so i got to interact with the different you know a bunch of different stuff and i kind of realized how cool it was yeah. and how much i wanted it and mm-hmm. um she mentioned to me that casey cannon lived nearby and i heard about casey online and seen you know i you know interacted with him but i never realized it for some reason and it turns out he literally lives five minutes up the road <laughs> like like on the same exit off the highway as me so we met up and he was just going to show me some snakes because 
he was like, I don't really have, you know, I always like to talk snakes. I'll just bring some stuff and show it to you, like in the parking lot of this aquatic center. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did. And he had a hypo brettles. Oh, that's not and fair. And at that point, <laughs> like that. I was not, I, I you know, I, I was kind of thinking brettles were going to be, I was kind of, you know, I live in a small house and I was kind of like, maybe that's like too big for me, mm -hmm. right? Like just with what right. I can manage right now. Mm -hmm. But he offered it for me as a really good deal. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I don't want to pass it up. He was, he was really nice to me and I really loved the snake. So I got it. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Again, so. with two feet in the deep end, you went directly to typo bread lie? Like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and around around the same time, I also got a pop one from Jacob Bratz, his, like, first question. Oh, yeah. All right. I got, I got one of those. Yeah. So okay. Okay. I have that snake still, but that snake hates me. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't know what it is about like F1. I bet it's probably like, you know, from captive hatched stuff or whatever, but man, I don't know what it is, but they are just vicious as babies. The ones I have from Riley are vicious. Really? The ones yeah. I produced. Oh my God. I mean, they all chill out as they get older, but mm -hmm. ones just I don't know. All right. Well, you just admit it. Quiet you. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of badass. So why don't you tell us what's the collection look like now? So, yeah, so I pretty much have, I'm trying to grow slowly because one of the things that I did wrong when I first got into it as a child <laughs> was I got way too much stuff way too fast rest. yeah, and I couldn't handle it because I was a child mm. and mm. it, it just was not, it ended up with me having to get rid of things that I didn't want to get rid of, you know, mm. because, but I just couldn't handle it. So I didn't want to get in that situation. So I was very, very like overly cautious about like i'm not doing impulse buys except for the one <laughs> but, no more impulse buys after will, this to, <laughs> to my credit always exceptions <laughs> to the rule. let's not let's not go crazy here like yeah i i will say that i had researched i'd already i bought the complete carpet python i had i'd been reading about i, I knew everything about them and i looked into them a whole bunch before then it wasn't mm. like i just saw this I, I knew a bunch but i i wasn't planning on buying one, right it I was did. an unplanned I purchase had, not an impulse buy two different things yeah exactly yeah. exactly was a difference. <laughs> um so anyway so yeah so i i can't remember what i was talking about what was i talking about uh what the what collection have, looks like apparently. now oh yeah that's right okay so i have uh i have a pair of brettles a pair of pop ones and I've got a king snake, and I've got a soon to be a pair of Superdorf retics. I've got I've got a male, and I have a female, but she's coming to me next week. Okay. She's going to be shipped next week. Cool. And then soon to be a pair of ruffies. I have a male, and then I have a female that's just she's got to get started eating. But Ralph Polinsky has her. Nice. Food, so she's on hold. Very nice. Yeah. And then wait, I feel like I have something else. <laughs> Maybe I said it all. Oh, um, some geckos, gargoyle gecko. Oh, and, cool. Uh, Gargoyles are nice. Gecko, and then a I had the I had the beardy, but she passed. So, but yeah, so that's where I'm at now. So it's pretty small, but I I'm doing that intentionally because yeah. I I've decided not to do racks. Um, I have a rack, and I just didn't like not being able to see everything. So it's empty, and I have a bunch of cages now. <laughs> so I'm trying to kind of keep everything where I can house it as i get it instead mm -hmm. of getting a bunch of stuff and then being like oh no i have 20 snakes that all need a cage all at once I'm kind of trying to avoid that so 
Just getting little by little. Responsible yeah. like herp keeping. Like I need to get the cage first, then the animal. What? No. Well, you buy this yeah, snake and then like you I scramble. Said, <laughs> like it is, <laughs> it's 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 from lessons learned. Okay, in the past. Right, yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> so now that that I think I awesome. had to go through that like four times. Thank you. Like that lesson. <laughs> well, and that's I mean, Eric, if you sat down and you did a full count of how many animals you have and like looking back at it, if somebody were to drop that many animals on me at once, I'd lose my freaking mind. But because it's been a slow burn, it's like that frog in the pot. I haven't realized that I've been boiling to death. And now I'm like 200 animals. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, I have that many. It's like, and that's. Yeah, it's it's too much. Yeah, it's too well, much. I, I, don't, I don't know. I like slow. I, I almost like slow methodical collections over just having a crap ton of weird stuff. So it, uh, I definitely like dig that. So. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of acquiring like one to two every year, pretty much. Mm. Just very smart, curated, and like I said, not trying to not be impulsive. Do you have a? Are you are you approaching it from a breeding aspect where you're putting specific pairs that you want to breed, or specific animals that you want to breed together? And yes, and no. Okay. So okay. I kind of approached it. So I, first of all, I did. I do the opposite of what everybody says because I got I get males first Aww. because I I don't know if I'm gonna like it enough to want to breed it, and I it's harder to get lone females number one, yes. and then second of all, usually males stay smaller, so it's easier to house a male. So I figure if I just if I get it and it's like maybe I like it, but I don't want to ever think about breeding it and just want it as a pet. A male's probably going to be better to have, cheaper, and you know, mm -hmm. stays a little smaller. Mm -hmm. Plus, um, I don't, you know, I, I try not to buy. Like, I don't, I don't ever want to like buy a group of animals and then realize that I hate that species. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I would rather have yeah. the one and then sure. be like, I'm stuck with you. It's okay. I'll deal with it. You're just one animal, right? Or like, it's one animal I have to try to rehome, which I try not to rehome, but I, I do. You know, if I like, I had, a, I had a ball python. She was a spider, and I just couldn't stand mm. watching the spinning. So I had her for a couple years, and I was like, I'm not into this species she's a sweet snake but i just can't i mean i i heard you talking about that eric last week regarding the jags like you just yeah. can't after a while i just couldn't watch it anymore and i was like she needs to go to somebody else that's yeah. got it better you know can deal yeah. with it more because it was just not fun but but yeah, yeah so yes and no i do i i have dreams of breeding one day on a small scale mm -hmm. and so i try to be very specific with what i do buy so like every Every pair that I have is a pair that I think would be a good pair. Okay. To, I mean, the roughies, like a roughie's a roughie. It but, is. Um, and everything else is has been specifically bought to kind of be some something that would be worth breeding and not just like totally random things mismatched for no right. reason. Just not not throwing right. jello at the wall. It's like right. It's yeah. Like the they they the pairs will complement each other. The babies will be good looking for the majority. There'll always be that one. In the group, right. it's like mud, but whatever. I, I, yeah. I got you. Yeah, right. Exactly. So so I have a, a thought, a topic uh, to see what you guys think about this as I throw it out there. Mm -hmm. um, the, the whole idea that like if you try out a species, right, do you think that there's a little bit of a taboo that like you can't – like if you buy a, a reptile and you actually end up not liking it or, you know, it doesn't work with whatever or – your setup or you, how you have things. It seems like there's a little bit of a taboo in saying like, this doesn't work for me and I'm going to move it on to somebody else. What do you, what do you think? 
I'm 50-50 on it because I think on the one hand, I don't like the idea of like, you know, and this is like kind of cliche to say, but like, you know, like disposable pets, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a toy. It's a, it's a living thing that we should be respectful of. And I think that you should go into buying animals of any kind with the mindset of like, I'm responsible for this life now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, so with that regard, I, I do try like me personally, like I'm so careful with what I do buy that I've often thought about it for like a year before I actually got it. So the idea of re- oh, wow. rehoming it or <laughs> That's impressive. getting it, um, I'm a little neurotic. I might have OCD. <laughs> Don't no, tell just, my, just, my doctor. Just let it go. It's um, fine. <laughs> and so, yeah, so the idea of then kind of turning around and just being like, oh, who wants it? 50 bucks. Here it is. Like, you know, that doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, there, I, I, I try to look at it this way. First of all, if, it, if it's like a health concern, like the animal's not thriving with you, I think it's in the best mm-hmm. interest of the animal to to find it a home where it can thrive. Yeah, and sure. that's a legitimate yeah. thing. I mean, there are some houses, some climates, some rooms, right. some yeah. people that the animal just doesn't do well with. And if that's the case, go get, get it somewhere where it's going to yeah. do well and have a good life. Um, but then also I think – I, I kind of think of it from this perspective – is there somebody who will enjoy this animal more than me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like will, like with the ball python that I had to rehome. I didn't have to rehome. I chose to rehome. Mm-hmm. I found a family who wanted. She was the. I mean, she really was like the sweetest snake ever. She was a spider. She was real derpy, but she was so sweet. Like you could touch her, which is weird for a ball python mm-hmm. because they're usually really head shy. You could touch her anywhere. You could do anything. She was very calm and curious and just just chill so i found a family that was just looking for a pet that just wanted a snake that they could do that with that they could let their kids hold that wasn't gonna they weren't gonna have to worry about you know negative behaviors or anything like that and i always had a little bit of trouble with her eating not 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 enough to be like an issue like she was she grew and she was fine but she was always like a little finicky which also was annoying yeah apparently when they got her she was like slamming food so it ended up being actually better for her for whatever reason but that was a case where i felt like you know what i don't enjoy this snake she it it makes me feel bad to have her like it's not it's not making me it's not enriching my life to have her i'm kind of keeping her out of obligation because i feel bad that i bought the snake Mm. and now i I don't really want her, but I don't, you know, I don't want to throw her in the trash or whatever. But there's this person who is actually going to enjoy her and like that's going to benefit their life. So if that's the case with like with a project, like let's say somebody gets into, I don't know, king snakes or something. And they're like, you know what? I hate king snakes. Like I thought I was going to like this. It looked really cool when I saw it at Toad's house. And then I get it and they just suck for me. Mm -hmm. But like maybe if you can find somebody who's like king snakes are my thing and give it to somebody else. Or, or somebody that is new to reptiles and, you know, trying the yeah. same thing. I don't know. I just – I try to think of it that way rather than like I'm getting rid of this. I hate it. Like you're moving it on to somebody who will have a, a more of an appreciation with for it than you do. Yeah. Um, sorry. That was a really long-winded way to say basically that. But yeah. But no, I I, I, I like that idea <laughs> yeah. better because, I mean, I'm, I've tested or tried many different species that have just not worked for me. Um, and I was always the, I won't know till I try, but it is definitely hard to rehome those kinds of things or to, um, move them along if they don't fit in. And there's always been those ones that just don't fit in with my, 
either way of keeping or what I have going on downstairs or what I can provide. So um, more and more now, I feel like I need to re you always need to research before you do it. And I would say that in my younger years, I was definitely the I'll buy it and figure it out. And that never worked out well for either me or the animals. You know, I spent a crap ton of money on a bunch of animals that didn't really fit into my whole scheme of things. Um, and uh, ones that and, uh, you know, I, they obviously might have not done the best because of my er ignorance of how to keep them, which if I'd read a simple book or something like that, I would have figured it out. So um there's been a lot, I think I've gotten a lot better with the whole pausing, researching, talk to the people who keep the animals, bug somebody who's like, who's bred, raised and bred those animals and all that, taking the animal from like hatchling to breeding and stuff like that. Figure out what you all you got to do and figure out if it works for you. And then maybe think about getting in. And like you said, like, just mm -hmm. get one, dip your toe in and stuff like that. And I always find out that it's something I learned from Eric that if you're interested in an animal, talk to the person who's like big into it and breeding it and stuff like that, and then get one, test it. And then if you don't like it, give it back to the person that gave it, like sold it to you. Like, um, you know, it's just like if you you have that connection where it's like, cool, if this doesn't work, it's going right back to you. Like it is one of those things where, you know, it's to always come <clears throat> back to somebody who appreciates it. So I guess my perspective is a little bit, jaded because of being in a podcast where I'm talking to people who a are a lot of reptile yeah. keepers. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to sort of move something like that. You know what I mean? So like mm -hmm. with Timor pythons as an example, like they, we just, I tried them. I tried them multiple times, multiple, thinking like several times. Such beautiful snakes. And like, I, I, I just, I can't. So I don't know. I think, I think, um, I think, I think like my generation of keeper had like, we didn't learn these lessons as fast. Maybe it's because we screwed it up so many times that like newer keepers are looking at that, which is good, you know, because they're, they're researching and they're, they're, they're not just impulse buying things because I even find myself doing it even now. Right. Like I mm -hmm. come back from the t Texas trip and I'm like, oh, I could keep some colubrids. And then I'm like, no, what are you doing? No, don't do it. it. Yeah, it. No, <laughs> you know? I talk myself out of stuff all the time. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard because there's so many cool things, you know, and it's like trying to keep foot. That's why I always tried to have like this breeding, my, you know, my breeding Bible where it was like a book where I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get this. And then in order to breed this, I'm going to do that, you know, da, 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 da. And, and, but. And I'm going to be able to fit it in these cages and this and that. I'm going to keep this rack and all this stuff. But how'd that know. work out I, for you? Because I tried to do that this year, and I don't. I don't know if I, <laughs> I felt like it was just a pipe dream. I think. I think I'm just at the point. I. I don't know. I think. I don't know. I'm curious what you think about this summer. Like, I think that like, I, I think maybe we probably had part part of it, but like this whole idea that you have to breed. Yeah. to be something legitimate in the hobby. Um, and I, I don't think that we did it intentionally by like just trying to promote people that breed. It just was something that was fascinating and it was hard to find people that would talk about like natural history, which is really what my passion is of animals. Like mm -hmm. to, you know what I mean? Like to me, that's where I geek out. Like when we did the rough scale episode, 
it was just um, I I was in my glory. I mean, Your like element. trying to yeah. research and find out all <clears throat> these things about it and everything. Like to me, if I kept rough scales and they never bred, I would be okay with that. I'm you I'm know, getting there. Could... <laughs> I'm getting there. I just yeah. there there are carpets I'm looking at, and I'm like, there could be a rough scale in your cage, and yeah. there might be. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> so I I think I I I kind of like this idea that the the hobby is sort of shifting to a more keeper centric, and maybe 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 I'm not maybe I'm just in different circles, and it's not, but mm. it just it seems that way. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Well, I do think that the there's definitely different circles. I, I I think the the Moralia world and offshoots of that, um, like you know the the Bull and I and the Somalia that kind of stuff. I think definitely, and it it seems in concert with a more natural history behavior, mm. naturalistic mm-hmm. display kind of. It it seems to go hand in hand. The more that people shift to putting their animals in cages where they can see them and watch them, the the more they downsize their collection so they can have more of their collection in cages where they can see them and watch them. Yeah. <laughs> and the less important breeding becomes because there's an element of enjoyment that you're getting out of the animals just from doing that. And I mean, it's all, we're all serotonin based, right? We're all just kind of looking for whatever kind of tickles our fancy. And so I think right. once that starts tickling your fancy, then the other stuff, you know, doesn't do it as much or is not as necessary because you get yeah. that enjoyment from the animal in a different way. So I think that goes hand in hand. I see a lot of that in the carpet python stuff. Like there's so many people who are just keeping, you know, if you go on the Facebook groups, which good luck if you do. Hmm. Um, but they, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you know, there's, it's a lot of people just, I would say it's majority keepers and yeah minority breeders, breeders. Yeah. now it's completely reversed in a lot of the ball python world now there are you have the it's it's hard because you have segments to the hobby yeah you have the mm-hmm. quote-unquote hobby which i feel doesn't include pet keepers really yeah they're um, kind of like a branch it almost feels like they're a branch they're like, kind below, of their like own you're here yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so you have the hobby with reptile keepers and then you have pet keepers, which are kind of their own thing. And then you have mm-hmm. people who breed, which is usually also within the reptile keeper kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But for ball pythons in in that sphere, aside from pet, it's majority people who tr- are – they think of themselves as a breeder, whether they are or aren't. They're, they're trying <laughs> to be a breeder. I have and two and a half so, ball pythons. I'm a breeder. Wait, what? Right. <laughs> their, their dreams are of breeding. Right. So, and I don't see that changing really. That, or if it is, it's very slow to change. It's, it seems that there are more people than ever wanting to breed. It, it almost seems like, would there be, do you see somebody who's like a major like I, I almost don't see somebody who does the majority of ball pythons or leopard geckos or even bearded dragons probably going out of their way to make large naturalistic setups. No, not for well, those species. Not exactly. It's like it wouldn't be for those species, right? Like I, I don't think that would be that wouldn't be the one that you well, would do it for. Fairy tale dragons. Uh, Ron St. Pierre's girlfriend. She yeah, that. that is uh, true. Does, yeah. Bearded dragons outside, you know. Oh, yeah, I, 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 true. I listened to some podcast with her. Yeah, she's uh, she's a she's big time uh, bearded dragon breeder. 
but yes, I, I, you know, <laughs> that's one. We got one. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the it's the exception, not the rule. Right, right, right. I wonder what it is about that those species that 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 it's, makes people. Yeah, it's hard drawn to that. I I think it's a it's hard to say because I had a ball python. And I still stuck her in a four foot cage, <laughs> you know, and was trying to yeah. watch her watch her climb and she was doing all the weird loopy stuff. But um I, I don't know. I think it's I, uh, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy mm. in a way, mm-hmm. because if you don't because you have to do it once right. to see it and to be like, oh wow. Like once you have one snake in a cage, you're like, oh. I want all my snakes. I want to see all my snakes, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as long as they stay not, then you're going to keep them that way because you don't really realize what you're missing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know right. if that makes sense. Like, you don't you don't realize what you're missing. And it is true that ball pythons are not that – they are active very late at night, but they're not They're not as active as – I mean, they're not as active as so many other species. They're well, pretty sedentary. I would say that, so. like, some species are just not built that way. Like – you know, you're you're building a naturalistic setup for your Kenyan sand boa. Boa sounds like a great idea when you see them. I mean, like it's right, and they're in there right. somewhere. I'm sure they will occasionally. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Sure, occasionally you'll see them, but it's not going to be the same as a you know something else like right, just hanging an active out, monitor you know? or something. Exactly, that's it's not, always out. Exactly. Yeah. So it will be cool. Yeah, but most of the time it's just going to be like it's in there somewhere. <laughs> like, and that's fine, but. I, I could see it being appealing th- to certain animals and not to others. I think with, with, I, I think like a lot of, well, I, I shouldn't say a lot, but like, I think people are drawn to ball pythons and say leopard geckos because of the genetic playground part of it. Yeah. Right? 100%. And, yeah. And I think that, I think that sometimes naturalistic keepers kind of don't like the reason that they're not, they they're, their draw is not the same, right? Mm. You know, because like if you're if you're breeding ball pythons, you're you're fascinated. Like some people, like you look at Travis Wyman, yeah. right? I mean, he's a genetic wizard. I like I'm sure that he gets fascinated by how those genetics work, you know. And mm. I think about to the early days of ball pythons, you know, like the banana and how that was like, what's going on with this, you know? Right. And and the debates that would loon well, even with carpets, right? Remember the tiger, hypobrettal, you, know, you know, all these things yeah. that weren't necessarily figured out i think there's a there's a there's a certain um you know maybe a a a draw to sort of be the be the person that figures it out you know Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. like oh man you know i i I unlock this puzzle so to speak yeah and there's like a there's like a mad scientist aspect to it i think like what can i what can i do like the the because i mean obviously i work with justin kabilka who is on a on the forefront of the ball python industry and yeah. I, you know, I sit in a room with him all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And he uh, is, and I'm not saying this just because he's my boss and pays pays me, but he is like <laughs> an actual genius when it comes to the ball python, the genetics. And it's not that he's a genetic genius. He's not like a Travis Wyman. He's not like a scientist, but he under he, he has a vision. Right. He has an understanding of how things yeah. will interplay. And it's almost like an it's almost like it's an art form. Yeah. Like he's yeah. mastered the guitar or something. Like he's mastered how these things 
play off of each other. And he's he's always improvising to try to hit that next really cool thing that's never been done. But, you know, this this new musical idea, I'm using a bunch of music stuff because I know Eric plays guitar. Um, but, you know, he's I he's, like it. <laughs> he's riffing over like he's he's trying out all this different stuff to see what he can make that's new and pushing and pushing the edge. And um, that is what he loves about it. And he and loves other reptiles too, but that I mean, for his business is like what drives him. There's also a- and I could really, I I could really give two craps about ball pythons per se. Like I'm not really, you know, like it's not something that I it's not your thing would yeah. pursue on a day to day basis. However, that being said, I am drawn to his videos because of that aspect that you're talking about. Like I am just. I, my mind gets blown on like, like, how does he see this? Like, how is he able to like, look at this and look at this and say, I bet you if I put these together, it's going to look like this. And then like, but it's not only just putting two genes together. It seems like, and and maybe you have this, you have more of a, of an idea of how it works with them. But like, it seems like he's already like five steps ahead when he's putting these two snakes together. You know, like he's already way ahead or like, you know, he has his his idea of where it's going to go. And then like, I guess the the excitement is when that snake hatches out of the egg, you're then looking at that snake and you're like, wow, it didn't turn out like I thought it would turn out. <laughs> However, still cool this would go really good with it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And then like now you're off on this other off this other road. There's still there's a yeah, ton I mean, to, to keeping your head straight with with ball pythons, like a ton of it. And I. You know, we, I don't really think I give him that much credit because I'm just like, oh, I got to remember his caramel jag <laughs> every once in a while and I'll buy an or two. And it's like, and that's, but there's a shit ton yeah. of all that kind of stuff. And that's insane. Yeah. And it, it it's, it's a little bit like you said, Eric, I mean, I'm not to speak for him, but just from my conversations with him, sure. but it's also a lot, I think a lot more improvisational than a lot of people would think mm-hmm. um uh-huh. in a lot of ways he is just kind of mixing paint you know what's this gonna do with that and and kind right. of see, i mean he has a he has an idea he doesn't do things willy-nilly he he does it because he thinks it'll be cool like he yeah. thinks they should do that if it works the way he thinks it's going to but right. he doesn't you know he doesn't know until he tries and like you said the baby might come out and be nothing like what he wanted or it's an all white snake or, you know, who knows what, what happens. And, um, but I think for him, he, the thing that has allowed him to excel in the way that he has Mm -hmm. is not only that artistic ability that he just innately has, but he's also so smart about the business and the market and how to, what to hold back, what to sell, when to buy new things, that kind of strategic element to it, that mm-hmm. is what has allowed his collection to really surpass so many others to allow him to be a couple of steps ahead. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. that he is dreaming all these steps ahead. It's that he has the animals to try it with. Yeah, it's right. a lot because of he's been smart about. Yeah, because he's sure. been smart yeah. about what he pairs together, what he keeps, what he sells, what he doesn't, all that good stuff. I, yeah. I, Has any of that influenced how you keep or how you envision a project or how you uh, want to take your What you'll collection? do with your babies in the future? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I I love listening. He's doing – so we, we have a Patreon and he's doing like a whole series about 
the business and basically he's just kind of telling everybody everything. Like, this is how I do it. This is how I did it. This is kind of my mindset. Well, sorry. And so I love listening to that. I sit there while he films it mm. and I edit the videos. So I love <laughs> hearing that and uh, kind of trying to absorb it. Of course, it's all ball python focused, which I'm really not into personally. Mm. But, sure. you know, just from like a business reptile selling animals standpoint, it's it's great information. But I think for me, the biggest takeaway that I get is just very basic principles. And I'll tell you guys this one because um, I think it applies to all animals. But if you can buy it somewhere else, you don't need to hold it back. Like there's no very good reason point. to right. hold it back. Yeah. Um, unless it's something you specifically wanted, like, unless you were like, this is the animal that I wanted from this. Like if you're doing a more in terms of morphs, line breeding and stuff mm-hmm. is a little different, right. but if you have a morph project and you're like, oh, I really want to hit a exanthic granite mm. and you make it, then sure, keep it. But if you do that pairing and you don't hit it, but you get a bunch of double heads or whatever, and you're like, well, I should probably keep something back from this. Why sell those and use the money to buy what you actually wanted or try to pair again next year and then you'll hit it (laughs) or yeah yeah. right right like don't keep stuff just because you feel like you have to keep it if it's not really what you wanted for your projects then it's you're kind of losing money you could it's better to um to turn like your failures into money that you can put towards progressing yourself than to just accept your fate as oh well I didn't hit the odds that time so that's <laughs> Maybe kind next of year. Yeah, we'll that's one of his, yeah. his uh his big philosophies that I think applies to most species and it's a good outlook that I think a lot of people don't take a lot of people hold back something because they feel like they need to or they they hold back the best of the clutch even though it's not the animal they needed or wanted no, um you got to know where to draw the line it's, right yeah I, I'm, I'm all for holding back I wish I w- the best of your clutch listen I'm my best customer because things hatch out of the egg. I'm like, oh, ooh, should be like, I'll keep this. I'll keep it. I like I hatched out a gorgeous red tiger male. Gorgeous. I have two of them. I don't need another one. <laughs> like, I don't I don't need a tiger male. Um, so I. It, well, well, I think I mean, this probably applies more to morphs. And mm-hmm. I wish I would have learned that concept with the uh, snow carpet project. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That was a wonderful back and keep it back. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, but uh, um, another it seems like we're just talking about these ball python people tonight. Um, uh, (laughs) Ozzy, Ozzy, yeah, from Ozzy Boyd's, right? He's been doing some videos lately and he's talking about the business. And one thing that, especially if you're doing morph breeding, right, Mm. you want to sort of um, always upgrade your stock so meaning that like you're gonna keep a smaller collection right overall but the animals that you have are going to be top quality right and going to produce you know what i mean and like you know that's that's uh that's an interesting way to sort of to look at um but then at the same time if you have nice enough males then no female is yeah it's, it's never a financial smart move to get rid of a female. That is yeah, true. Because they're going to produce. You always need plus. Yeah. So I, yeah. But but this 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 leads me to my my second. So like I, I I do learn a lot from sitting and talking with him and listening to him talk. But then I also my whole philosophy and kind of purpose for wanting to do reptiles and 
eventually wanting to breed a little bit is more of an educational standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. So in, in a lot of ways, it doesn't apply to me, although I would like to eventually maybe try to make money off of it. I, I don't know if it's possible with the way that I want to go about it. You know what I mean? I don't know how financially, like, I don't know that I will ever be able to be a, a millionaire from the way that I want to do it because of right. the type of animals that I want to keep. And the the way that I want to keep them won't allow me to keep them in the volume that you would need to have them to probably be right. super yeah. having, having really great margins. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So when you say education, are you looking to do like educational talks or educating for yourself? Like as far as learning? No. So, um, I kind of, and it's funny because I listen, I don't know what I was listening to you guys. I felt like I heard one of you guys saying this literally today or yesterday. I was listening to a podcast at the gym and I was like, oh man, that's like exactly what I was just thinking was I, I feel like these species that I keep, Mm -hmm. I, like I said, I'm really, I've curated them because I think that they are good species. I think they are, um, I Hardy, enjoy them. The yes. part, they are curious. They are not crazy big. They're not super small. They're not so fast. They're, you know what I mean? They're, you can handle them. They always eat. I just think they're a good species. They're pretty. They, they're they visible a lot. And I don't know why they aren't more popular pets. I oh, don't yeah, know why. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, I knew yep. it was somebody's rant. Yep, that's I don't it. know why they aren't more pet, like more popular in the pet trade. And um, I think that, as I kind of mentioned earlier, the pet segment of reptiles is, is I think, very disjointed from the hobbyist and keeper. And I think mm-hmm. partially that's our fault or for the way that sure. we approach it. Um, and so one of the things that I kind of am passionate about is like sharing how cool these species are with average people you know what i mean like you don't have to just have a ball python or a corn snake they're great too but like there's other stuff these are also awesome and for a lot of people depending on your personality would potentially be way more enjoyable for Mm -hmm. you so what i hope to one day be able to do is to breed so that i can um use that in conjunction with like my youtube channel or you know just having some kind of a public persona to mm-hmm. give people a, a source for the animals it, a, along with telling them that they exist you know <laughs> what i mean um because right now there's plenty of people that breed carpets right. and and all that it's not like there's a shortage of them but you kind of have to know about them to know that they're there you know what i mean like you have to yeah. get into it and then you realize that carpets are there Whereas I kind of want to try to somehow, at least even just locally, like even like I said, at my reptile, at the local Repticon, like nobody has carpets, nobody. And I'm not a huge Repticon fan, but a lot of people with their families that are buying a pet reptile are, go there yeah. and they don't mm-hmm. know that carpets are a thing. So, or Morelia or rough scales or, or whatever it may be. But mm. so that's kind of what I would like to do with the breeding is do that. And then I also, I just, I would want to have all my breeders and cages and stuff so it's just gonna limit you know how how many animals that i can have so it'll it'll probably prevent me from being like super giant big but yeah but i think too like i think i think the thing and i remember god this was probably episode four 
of Moray Python Radio. Something along those lines, to yeah. John, John Battaglia, yep. right? And yep. the thing, the thing that I always, I, I loved about him was that he had such a small collection and was, for somebody yep. that had such a big presence mm -hmm. in the Moralia community. You know, like everybody knows what a gamma jag is. Everybody, even if you don't like jags, you, you cannot deny yeah. that a gamma jag is just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and he had such a small group of snakes to where he knew them on, on an, on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, and you know, the thing that he, you know, I remember talking to him at Tinley about this and he was saying like, once you start to not be able to understand your individual animals, you have too many animals, you know, yeah. you know, you're, you're losing something. You're losing something from the, the, the magic of keeping these things because you're not allowing yourself to experience, you know, certain things. Now, if you're just want to be to your, to your point, right. If you want to be somebody that is just a breeder and you want to, you want to make money at it and breed snakes for a living, well, then you're probably going to have to approach it in a different way. Right. Yeah. And that's nothing wrong with that because you do need it. But like, I think, um, I think the idea of sort of bridging the gap between the pet world and the, and the and I don't know what would you call it breeder hobby you call it a hobbyist world. hobbyist yeah. world yeah. you know what I mean like how 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 do you think that we could do a better job as the hobbyist side of it to to do that? It's hard because a, I mean a lot of the pet stuff is really cringe. I'm not going to lie. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like it. Like the hats on the snakes. I know. Oh, sweet. Oh, the mustache. Like, let's, let's get them out. You know, um, I have to go to the punching wall now. Excuse me. But like, it's, it's a lot of it's awful. It and, is, and I and I'm and I'm not into that at all. But I think there's a certain level of empathy that we we can kind of lack because we try to, you know, we can we recognize that that's like. Ugh, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh no. But and in doing that, we want to separate ourselves from it, mm -hmm. right? Rather than associate with it. And that's just, I mean, in, in a way it's clicky. You know what I mean? It's like that kid at school wears weird clothes, so I don't really want to be hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. And maybe the kid's a weirdo, maybe he's a serial killer, maybe you have all the reasons in the world to not hang out with them. But the point being, I think trying to put yourself in the position of somebody who really doesn't know better. And it, it because, and, and look, honestly, like if somebody wants to put a hat on their snake, it kind of sucks, but like you do you, I guess. It. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like just being able to put yourself in the position of somebody who they know what they know and they don't know what they don't know mm -hmm. and allowing them the opportunity to learn in a way that is um, open and inviting rather than, mocking them in a you know what i mean and again i'm guilty sure. of it too because i think you know i'm i'm just as guilty of it as i as anybody else so i'm not trying to be like on some kind of high horse here or something but i recognize this as an area where i want to do better and i want to uh reach people who could be valuable members of the community but they get shut out because they do things in a way that we kind of think is silly or they ask dumb questions yeah. or how dare you do X, Y, Z, or you are an idiot. And you know what I mean? I just think, yeah. and, and that goes a lot that to go along with that, 
there is for sure also an issue of like people not listening. You know what I mean? Like that's another. <laughs> there is that, yeah. Like that, so, like that. Yeah. That's another like battle to 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 cross. Is like you can't. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Yeah. So there's always going to be the people who will put up a fight and not listen to your advice. But I think if we can approach it in the right way, that's what I'm trying to do is just like approach it in a way where it's not condescending. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't cause that defensive reaction in people that causes them to say, you're an idiot. You're, you know, well, my so-and-so told me this and you're wrong and I know everything and you, you, you're stupid, even though you've been breeding carpet pythons for 45 years and I just got mine yesterday. (laughs) Um, If we can figure out a way to just approach it so that that, doesn't happen. Right. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do on my YouTube channel is mm-hmm. make videos that are hopefully like, uh, uh, I keep saying inviting, but base level enough that it's not like something where somebody clicks on it and they're like, what are you talking about? And like cuts it off, mm-hmm. but is also just kind of like, just kind of like s- just serious enough while also still being slightly enjoyable and entertaining hopefully to watch yeah that it'll get somebody interested enough to to research more you're bridging the gap and not just stop there that's the yeah. goal i don't know if i'm doing it but i'm trying that, i mean yeah but that and that's the thing is that a lot of times that we almost feel like the pet people i don't know the world um people who are just doing this as pets are ignorant but it's not their fault that they're ignorant it's just that this is what the information that is provided to them and a lot of times wrong i mean Heat rocks are still a thing. Why are they still a thing? I was at the Schomburg show no. and they did the US Arc auction yeah. and there was a heat, heat rock, rock <laughs> the auction. No. And that's the thing is any normal, any normal person who their kid just decided they wanted a bearded dragon, they're going to walk into this pet store and they're going to say, what do I need? And this person who might not even ever keep reptiles is going to give them the whole spiel of what they need. And that's going to include this, this and this. And it's not their fault that this is what they're being told to do or what this is. It's just that it's almost like we 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 chastise them for coming to us after the fact when it's like, yeah, but you weren't at that pet store. You don't work there. They didn't they didn't know that that was wrong. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I think like your videos of um, like how to get your snake out of their enclosure, how to read your snake's body language, Good. you know, yeah. um, the, the what is the best pet snake for you? I think those are great. I think you're hitting the mark in what you're trying to do mm-hmm. um, because it's, you know, those are questions that, you know, I don't know if you got like flack for like uh, how to get your snake out of the enclosure, but I can already hear the Facebook people uh, like, oh, if, you serious? Don't, if you don't know how to get it out, then why do you have it? That was exactly You know, like... My point is just I see so many people posting on Facebook, help my snake. My I'm scared yes. I'm gonna get bit. My snake keeps yes. striking at me. Yes. All the time people ask that. And so I was like, well, yes. I'm gonna answer them because yeah. yes. everybody no, else, else just is. tells them, Oh, just oh, just reach in and grab it. It's like, well, that's not helping because no. they're scared. You know what I mean? Like that's not they need help. So let's help them. Yeah, yeah, and, that's- and I don't even think it's a matter of at least for me, right. It's always been like, there's this, there's this love hate relationship with ball pythons and me, because whenever I handle them, they bite me. That is true. There's something about them. They they hate you. Bite the shit out (laughs) of me. They're like, Oh, here comes that carpet guy. (laughs) 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 
That's true. Like, That's very true. And they think they can um, take you. That's the problem. Is like this guy's clearly a prey at him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's not a monkey. He's a squirrel monkey. But it, it, yeah. I, but it, I think we 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 lose that because it's like if I had to. If anybody asks me, like, how do you take your snakes out? I preach in and grab them because <laughs> it's just, I, right. but I know my animals and I know what, and I know right. there are certain ones where I'm like, but how do you, how do you get to learn? That's the problem. So to the I'm point, right? very bad at explaining How do you read that. your snake body language 101? Exactly. That's a, that's a perfect, you know, I, I can't explain uh, that because I'm just like, to... look at it. It's pissed at you. Like, I know that. Why don't you know that? And that's hard to kind of explain it's like it, it's there but somebody else can clearly do it and somebody else needs to learn that yeah maybe it's, i'll it's be the, able to go ahead you, you okay. go ahead no 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 go ahead i was Here just gonna go. say it's the kind of thing that you you learn by doing right. you know what i mean you really yeah. do and I, and i try to emphasize that in my videos like i'm telling you all this but really the way to get comfortable is just with the body language thing watching your animal a lot you know what i mean the yeah. more you interact and watch it the more you're going to pick up on those cues and with the getting your snake out, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it, the mm -hmm. more comfortable. But the goal is just to kind of jumpstart the process. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that instead of you not cleaning your snake's cage for three weeks because you're scared to reach in there, like at least maybe you can get there a little faster. Um, it's not to substitute the experience because that's really where you're going to get most of your knowledge is just by doing and trying and seeing and watching. Mm -hmm. But just giving people that little bit of a handhold, you know what I mean? Like, so they don't have yeah. to jump off. Like, you know, it's just like little arm floaties. Like you got a little bit of help to get going. Bumpers while bowling. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think like, uh, I think it was uh, Phil that, that just talked about this on snakes and stogies, but like the care sheet, right? Mm. So like the care sheet is both good and bad and bad, <laughs> right? Because it's like you, it's good for, somebody has to have some type of reference in order to keep the snake. Mm -hmm. But I think the bad part of it is, is that it, you think, you know, I equate it to baking a cake. You're not baking a cake. You know, there's going to be factors that come into play that may change how you approach, um, taking care of this animal because, you know, where I'm at is going to be different than where you're at, you know, and like those things where you're keeping it in your house and your room, all those things come into play on how um, you're going to be successful. So I think like maybe we have to do a better job with care sheets in the way that like understanding the fundam the fundamentals of what you have to hit mm -hmm. like what 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 really do you have to do in order to keep this reptile healthy and happy not just you know 90 degree baskings but you know what i mean like yeah it, yeah it, exactly and that's where i think the natural history stuff is so important and i that's why i think it should be emphasized so much more than it often yeah. is mm -hmm. because we don't like if you look at like a basic care sheet, it's never framed in like a natural history or, a, you know, like a natural environment yeah. standpoint. Yeah. It's always just like sure. temperatures, 80 to 90, humidity, to 50 to 60, <laughs> yeah. like all this stuff. But if you frame it in a way where it's a story, like, okay, mm -hmm. like this snake comes from this region. Mm -hmm. In this region, these are the temperatures during the summer, but right. the snake often burrows. So 
its preferred temperatures are this and this mm-hmm. or between this and this. you know what I mean? If we, we frame it in a way where it gives context to the things that yes. we're talking about, and it's not just like these arbitrary numbers. Well, who decided 80 to 90 is the best gradient <laughs> or who decided 75% humidity? Like where did we get these from? I right. don't know. So if, if we give the, the context for it, I think not only does it lend, first of all, credence to the care sheet. So it's not just made up numbers, but it also okay. lets people see why. And then when you kind of see why, it makes it easier to understand why adjusting things sometimes is necessary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And why why sure. it isn't also cut and dry because it's taking it out from it's taking it away from the recipe, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's making more it's making it more like a a living environment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just like the world that we live in is living and changing. The world they live in can live and change too and should to get everything right. So I don't know. That's kind of why I like to I, – I loved the the rough scale episode you guys did because you guys talked so much about the natural history and that to me is like perfect because that's what I try to do is, you know, try to take from that to figure out what my snakes actually need. Yeah. Care sheets should be written off of the natural history more as opposed to like – the captive care because captive care is is basically this is what we've done and the animal is still alive in its little box so um you have my brain going right oh because no you said you said like key triggers are popping in my head oh, and like no. i'm thinking like i wonder if like how you're saying about the care sheet and mm-hmm. making it about what this animal's going through in a day-to-day Season and, by season. You know, it's day-to-day life, yeah. right? Season by season, whatever, temperatures, this, that, and the other, and putting context to it. I wonder if people would not think of it as a disposable pet if that was – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Am, am I saying that right? So it, it, it gives a little more uh, – It gives it a story. And yeah. once it has a story, it's a yeah. – it's and, and to me, I, I did – it was – by the way, totally coincidence. I just, I did a video on the rough scales, but it was like, it just happened to be like a week right after you guys did your rough scale <laughs> podcast. But I'd been right. preparing for my video for like weeks and I was like, they're going to think I copied them. We do. But yeah, I, did, I, did get a few, I did get a few <laughs> points. So I appreciate that. Okay. Um, but I know I wanted to tell the story of that snake because like for me, that's another reason that that's the reason that I keep snakes is because (laughs) I, I, it's like, wow, I can't believe it's not just a snake. And again, I have not, I have a rack system and nothing against racks, but it's to me, it's not just a pretty thing that I'm looking at. It's like, it's like a privilege to have it in my house. Mm -hmm. Like I like it kind of like having a child in a way, like the snake didn't ask to be born and it didn't ask to be, in my care but it is and it's this piece of nature and this this awesome thing that is has evolved for you know the rough scale millions of years to do exactly what it does and have you know just this fit in this place into uh, um, an ecological system and it's so interesting to me like i that's what i appreciate about it and so it's almost like i'm like worshiping the animal like i'm like i want you to yeah. be have all the good things like what can i do for you please <laughs> let me let let me serve you because right it, it is like a, i'm privileged to be able to have it in my house and to be able to see it every day and i i i think that if you frame things like you're saying in a way where people get that connection that story that 
even the brettles, they're, you know, they're not that rare or anything, but like, how cool is it that yeah. they yeah. live in that little island surrounded by desert in the middle of Australia and they can get down to the 40s or high 30s in temperature or whatever it is. And they're, they're so cool and confident and they just come out and sit and they don't care about anything. They're just chilling. They're themselves. Like, they're so cool. And if you, you emphasize that about them, not just, oh, it's an animal that is easy to take care of and it only eats once every week and oh it might be it's pretty you got to morph you know what i mean if you emphasize how cool they are and and how special it is to have it and what's unique about them and where they're from and all the different things about where they live i just think people will like you said they won't it's it's not going to be like a goldfish or mm-hmm. like something that they're putting yeah. up on craigslist next week because they got tired of it or the light bulb burn out and they're too lazy to go buy a new one or whatever Right. Well, and also, I think maybe it'll think, even kind of get like, like we were talking about with your bearded dragon living to like 17. It would also some animals might actually start living longer if we if you had a care sheet that also told you that like, hey, in an October, turn off the heat and and put an extra layer of mulch and let, leave your corn snake alone for a couple months. Like they'll start kind of living out their lives as they should and go longer and they won't just spend their entire lives at summer degree temperatures packing on pounds. So it might even do that for them too. To your point with the, with the roughy and it's a privilege to have them. And I think probably from a perspective from like my perspective and probably Owens too, right? Maybe. Um, I don't know. Ruffies and I are kind of weird, right? That, yeah, that was an animal that you could only dream dream of even seeing not even keeping mm-hmm. just seeing like just to be able to like Touch put it. your yeah. like holy shit this is a rough scale python and like i think i think a lot of times that people don't appreciate and it's like this 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 thing that we have in us to like you know what's the next thing and what's the next thing and it's like you you, you at least for me right it's it's always like okay i got that it's it's checked off the list. What's next? You know, what's next? What am I? What am? I, oh, I yeah. got to get this next. You know, and it's like, no, take a minute, enjoy you know, what I, you got. I, take a minute and, mm-hmm. and and enjoy what you have because last year, the snake, that snake that's in that box right now, you felt that way about the snake that you're trying to get. Now you know right. what I mean. Like it's it's, I don't know. So. Yeah, you have to like, and well, and I, and, I it, and like, what had to happen to get that animal into captivity? Which, I mean, come that, on, oh, yeah. that's the best. <laughs> that's the other thing. I mean, it's just crazy. When I I made that uh, rough scale video, and I I talked about, I don't know if you guys watched it, but I I basically went through yeah. the whole mm-hmm. the story, and then I went through you know just what all the my favorite unique because they're that's the other thing is they're so the story of them in captivity or getting them into captivity is so cool. But then their evolutionary story is Mm -hmm. so cool. All the unique adaptations they have. And I, I mean, I'm not like huge on YouTube or anything. I don't get millions of views, but I had like at least one person comment and be like, you know, I'd seen rough scales and I kind of always thought it was just like a a brown looking carpet Python, but wow, this like, they're so cool. I'm going to try to get one now. And I was like, that's exactly what I wanted. Like Hmm. I want somebody to be like, Oh my God, that animal is way cooler than I thought it was. And now I want to have that in my house too. So I can look at it every day mm-hmm. and, th- and, right. re- and think about all the cool things about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the, the, I think the, the, the issue that let's say hobbyists have with pet keepers, right. <laughs> is that we're looking at that animal as a predator mm-hmm. that has a certain 
respect that it's, you know what I mean? Like it's a predator in its environment. It commands a certain respect and we don't look at it necessarily as a pet because we're trying to have it be like this piece of Australia in our, in our house. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I think when you put a hat on it, it kind of takes away from the, you know what I mean? And I think that's where, I don't think that people really care that you put, you can put a hat on mustache or whatever. I, I don't I, know. I, when you, it it upsets care. you more than anybody I, I know. Because but, it's not, that's yeah. degrading to the end. Like you said, it's well, a predator. Come it takes on. away something from it. It's you like know, like if you had like a saltwater crocodile, like, yeah. <laughs> you had a little mustache on the front of it or something. Well, I don't know. It's like it's a little just, patronizing or yeah, something, you, you know? Can, yeah. you can put a small mustache and a top hat on a saltwater crocodile, more power to you power to because you. one of those days you're going to go do it and you're not going to come out of there okay. So, Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, like how's your setup for your roughies? Like what's yes. your what's your okay. approach? So, what's your... Yeah, the other thing regarding care sheets, I also have made a pledge to myself. I'm never going to do a care video. This is how you care for something. Okay. But I will uh-huh. tell people how I care for things, if that makes sense. I love like, that. This is idea. how I do 100%. it. That's that's how it should to, be. Don't do it, don't do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> but like um <laughs> so I pretty much have keep kept him like I keep all my other, honestly, pretty much all my snakes, I kind of have the same way. I'm in Georgia, so my humidity is pretty high, normal, okay. you know, mm-hmm. mid to high all the time, even in this house. In the summer, in the winter, it gets a little cool, so I I'm, I wet the bedding. I, I keep on Repti chip, mm-hmm. so I rep, mm-hmm. wet the bedding every now and then to just to bump it up a little bit. But um, it's pretty much a – right now, he's in a two-by-two – a cube from black box cages and he's got um like a shelf a pvc shelf that goes about like halfway so it's kind of just like a second level mm. and i've also mm-hmm. got some of those magnetic ledges nice. that are like rocky looking so nice. he gets to be a rock chondro on his little rock <laughs> <thing>. um, <laughs> yeah yeah and i've got some specialty enclosure designs uh the mounted hides yes. which he pretty much spends all of his time in yeah and then uh i also have i use the so I, like I said, I have a rack that I, I quarantine stuff in and I keep, I was keeping some baby stuff in, but now I've moved them all to cages. But, um, the, the tub purchase that specialty that mm-hmm. David Brahms makes, um, yeah. I have those, but I've just used them to be ladders up to that second level um. and they always sit on those at night. I don't know why they seem to love sitting on them at like that angle. Um, and so I've got that, I've got a big water bish, a bunch of hides, fake plants. And then I do have UVB on him. I've got an Arcadia 7%. UVB shade dweller, I think it's called. And then I've got okay. a heat lamp. So I'm trying that out. Some of my other snakes, I have radiant heat panels and that's it. Mm-hmm. And LED mm-hmm. lights. Um, so when I got that set of cages, I, I did that set with that to see kind of how it did. And it was kind of on a trial basis just to see how it worked in my house. And if I think when I do upgrade everything, I am going to go that route, but I didn't want to just switch everything over blindly, not knowing if it was going to work. Because like you said, I mean, we all have our own setups, our own houses. And, you know, in a a sense, there's a little bit of that, like, you know, why fix it if it ain't broke kind of mentality. Like, I haven't killed anything so far. So if I suddenly change everything, like, who knows what's going to happen? So I, I did, I did two cages like that to see if it would be successful and so far it has been it's been about six months that they've been in there and they haven't died yet so that seems like a good 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 sign um i do see him out basking every now and then um under that uvb 
And uh, temperature-wise, it's like – so I cut everything off at night. Mm-hmm. So my house is kind of cool. So it gets down to like 72, 73 in the cages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I say cool. That's cool to me. It's, I would rather it's be cooler. I, yeah. <laughs> I, fight, I fight with my uh, fiancé about that. Um, <laughs> so it gets down to that in the middle of the night. And then when the lights cut back on, I think the hot spot – like right on if he's right under the heat lamp gets probably to like 88 maybe 90 yeah. and then um the ambient's like 80 80 or so at the peak of the day you know when it's all built up in mm-hmm. there and then it cools off again at night so yeah i, I would say i'm curious like i have yeah yeah i'm curious i have the that kind of sort of a, a setup with with diamond pythons do you notice that it's they come out at a specific time in the day or or is it like that they're basking I, he, in that UV he for or sure comes out um pretty routinely right around dusk, like when the light's still on though. Mm-hmm. So he right. he comes out and gets under the heat and we'll sit there. And oftentimes also in the morning, I've noticed that he'll still be out when the light has come on. Okay. And then he goes and hides. You know what I mean? Like so it's right. kind of like that dawn and dusk period. They seem to stay out to get the sun. At right. least, I mean, again. I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. what they do in, in my little right. two by two cube in my room. They're getting the sun, but um, he does get under most often. I don't see him directly under the UV. The way I have it is the UV is on one side mm-hmm. and then the heat is in the middle. So he has a side where he can get the same temperatures without any UV. And then he has gotcha. a side where he can get that temperature, but with UV and mm-hmm. most often I see him on the side without the UV. Okay. But I do also occasionally see him on the side with the UV and like not even really under the heat, which makes me think he's seeking out the UV specifically. Gotcha. I, I, but again, I'm it's all I'm yeah, I'm, it's all I'm inferring right? things yeah. from you know right. what I mean. Who who really knows? But I that's what I observe. So all I can go off of is what I observe. But right. Nice. Yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And I would say that I see my guy, um, well, my one guy who's I have one in a cage, and then I have one in a, uh, uh, in a fifteen quart tub right now, but that's tall. Um, I would say my male is usually out at dusk, but he spends most of his life in that ceiling hide from specialty mm-hmm. um, enclosures. He just does. He, they love being really up high and really jammed into really tight places. So he'll come out and then I have that fake rock and he'll hang off that rock and kind of chill a bask. And that's where he does his hunting. But then the female, the little girl, I have those um, 3d printed perches. She's on there mm-hmm. 24 hours a day. Yeah. Like it's, uh, that's where she is. So I think, I think for me, like the early days of NPR, right. Where I really screwed things up was like the whole, I'm keeping a semi arboreal snake. <laughs> But they don't need to. They perch. don't need to move. They don't need <laughs> like to climb. They don't want to perch. They don't want to be a pie. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. You idiot. Their whole natural history is based off of being around trees. What are you talking about? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah I you live and you learn. Mine you know? are every snake that I have is a semi-arboreal species, except for I have one king snake, and mm-hmm. none of mine rest on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Not right. a single one. They all, right. but I have shelves. So, I mean, it's not like they're always on a branch, but they're right. always off the ground. The they come they're down at night and roam around. Mm-hmm. But like in terms of like where they nap or where they are during the day or even where they like ambush or whatever, um, it's it's always off the ground. Yep. 
I would agree. It's either on because I have the big bins. So I don't put because I got my cages years ago and I didn't put shelves in them or anything like that. So I got the big tough totes as their hide boxes, and they use that as kind of like a movable um, shelf because they'll move it and they'll sit on top of it and do all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, ninety nine percent of the time they're on top of the bin, curled up, and if they're hiding, they're inside the bin. Like. Uh, you you need to go down there at nighttime and turn on the lights, and that's when they're all going to be on the ground cruising around. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, another misconception that, um, say, new keepers or pet keepers have about snakes in general, I think, is feeding. Mm-hmm. Do you do anything specific as far as feeding? Do you have any – do you cycle so... feed? Do you approach it in a different way? I feed way less than what the typical pet keeper is told. You know, I think most people mm-hmm. get told you feed your snake once a week. I think that's yes, pretty that's across a, that's the board what big people tell you to do. Yeah. Um, I feed much less than that. Even my like babies that I get that are very young, mm-hmm. I feed every two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe every if I'm just ha- if it happens to be convenient and they seem super hungry, I might feed them once a week or something. It's not like I'm against that, but I just I tend to space it out more. Mm-hmm. Right. And um. So that's a, that's a big difference is, and then my, my older snakes, like, you know, my, my three-year-old brettles or whatever, every month you're getting a, you know, you're getting a rat. So enjoy it while it lasts. Um, (laughs) I haven't intentionally really done any cycle feeding in terms of like stopping feeding altogether for several months. Um, although I do plan to do that, I, I, I toyed with the idea of kind of doing it from the get-go, which I think is something that maybe you do, Eric, or maybe you do it with temperatures. Yeah. You, you drop everybody's temperatures. But, yeah, um, I do. However do I treat my adults, I treat yeah. the babies. Yeah. Yeah. I toyed with the idea of doing that, but I chickened out. Um, so <laughs> I, I just got paranoid. I was like, I'm going to kill it. So <laughs> I, I don't. But I do, I do temperature cycle in a very general sense of everything gets a night drop. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. year round. I don't have anybody that's on like a year round. It's always warm kind of thing. Everybody gets a night drop year round. And I kind of let the house itself do the Dropping. seasonal. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. Yeah. Um, and I'm if at the, the point where I'm a little bit more close to being able to breed all my stuff is too young now for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll figure out how I'm going to do the you know, the actual, like getting it down cool enough for like the bread lie, which I think is going to be the hard part, but I'll just follow Casey's lead on that, I guess. <laughs> um, but aside from that, uh, with feeding, I do do a little bit of the target training. I'm pretty mm-hmm. close with Lori Torini. Okay. And yep. I, I try to do the target training. I feel like I'm not good at it and it's, but I feel like it's my fault. I feel like my snakes are actually pretty good at it. I'm just bad and like just frazzled around feeding time because I don't have a great setup right now Mm. in my house. I have everything is in different rooms and like my, my kitchen is over there. And so I'm always like walking back and forth and like, I'm all over the place when I'm trying to feed. So I'm always like Uh carrying things like under my arm and like (laughs) trying to finagle stuff to get like, I'm like opening the lock with the tongs and the rat under my arm and like the rats falling on the floor. Like it's, I need to get like a cart or something. My God, yes. (laughs) Just just um, one, like I never wanted a cart. And then Eric's like, I got a new cart. Do you want my old one? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And now I'm like, I love you, cart. Like it is, you just need a cart. It's the greatest (laughs) greatest thing ever. ever. It's, it's honestly ridiculous the way that I like the way that I'm like walking around. Like I have stuff like under my ear. It's bad. I used to bring um, buckets up and downstairs. So like you snake rooms need a sink. 
snake rooms need a cart and you need one of those big butcher paper rollers that you can just like unroll and slice and oh yeah, oh, yeah that all this stuff that like i used to make fun of eric for and i'm like no, I, it's so much here. easier <laughs> so, see, working working at the facility that i work at um i really see how you can make things functional you know what i mean on a large scale sure. when you're working with thousands of animals it has to be functional right. and efficient, efficient yeah. or it doesn't get done so I see all that. But and then I'm you like, come home wow, to I chaos. Suck. I don't understand. Yeah. Why haven't I you? <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's, it's, honestly, it's its my house and the layout of it. It's just not cohesive. Um, and I have a cat and she's way too interested in the snakes. It's, it's a big, it's a, it's a whole ordeal every time I have to feed. But um, I try to do the target training and my snakes have picked up to it a little bit, but I need to kind of push them a little more to get them on Lori's level where they're like coming out and like doing like spinning in a circle before I give them the food. Um, but <laughs> I'm not quite there yet, but I'm trying to at least get them to recognize the target. So that'll help helps to break the feeding response. So that yeah. in addition to, I also tap train. So I, you know, I, I, I tap them before I handle them and stuff like that just to. I, I, I was that, actually thinking about starting the target training with my male false water Cobra just because he is psychotic. So, um, and I, and I need something to kind of calm him down because some dumbass here keeps feeding him and he's getting bigger. So, yeah. um, and it's going to end up being a problem. So I don't know who that guy is though. <laughs> yeah. We have a, 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 at work, we have a black dragon, a melanistic water oh, monitor. Yes. And, uh, I'm going to, cool. I'm going to try the target training with that because she's started, She's she's not afraid of she's no like she's not skittish but she started thinking fingers are food no so no 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 to, <laughs> so trying to uh, get that eliminated I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a target to work you, and see you have quickly before like you gotta you yeah. gotta yeah right all, exactly. all ten Hope, hopefully there. she's smart and it'll go pretty quickly yeah I, I almost feel like monitors would really respond to that I mean I've seen all the stuff of the dragons and stuff getting really good on that with zoos and things like that so. I would say that monitors have have to be able to pick up on that quick. I talked about this at the beginning of the show, mm. and I'm telling you, mm. they, dude, I, again, I, I, not not that I'm not like anti Camp Kennan or whatever. It's just not a YouTube channel that I watch, right? right? I'm just I don't watch it, right? And then I just, you know, how it like recommends the thing for you yeah. and whatever, but like you gotta watch is like this. I, I can't I think I can't remember what he called them. Uh, maybe it was Pinky and one was Slinky, Pinky or, Slinky, Slinky and Pinky. Yeah. Oh God! You, did you see it? Did you see what I'm I've talking just heard, about? I've did seen I've seen the YouTube titles before. Okay. But yeah, I don't really watch oh, okay, them either. Okay. Okay. Are you going to start target training um, your Ackies? Well, no. I, I'm just saying, man. Like this enclosure that the, so it gets my mind thinking, right? So. Yeah. I, I, I think back to when, do you remember Owen, or I don't know if you remember I'm Summer, Owen. but like the book, The Art of Keeping Snakes came out. Do you yeah. remember that book? So No. You don't have that book, Owen? No. How Wait, do dare I? you? Shut up. Hang on. <laughs> no. <laughs> huh. No. Yeah. No wonder. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, minus points anyway, for Owen. Yep. When that book came out, it was way ahead of its time, like way ahead of like anything, you know, like it was basically talking about bioactivity and like, you know, keeping snakes in naturalistic enclosures and watching their behaviors and on all these different things. And like way before anybody was even 
sort of talking about this at all. Have a green tree on it. And um, yes. All right. And buying. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep talking. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was a great book, right? Maybe, maybe it's a, it, but I mean, when it first came out, you couldn't even get the stuff now. And now, you know, they're making reptile supplies that are geared towards this, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it, you know, and I, I remember thinking back when that book came out that I wanted to sort of recreate some of this type of thing. Like, how cool would it be to see, you know, your snake doing this or your snake doing that or whatever it would be? And just watching this video where I'm seeing these animals do like, it's just really cool. And I guess my question, I guess at the topic is like, you know, some of those YouTube people that are, that are doing stuff like that, they captivated my wife. My dad watches them all the time. And I'm just like, dad, what are you doing? It's all clickbait. Like what, you know, like what are you doing? And I don't know. I don't know if that's good or I don't know if that's bad. Yeah, sweet. What do you have any thoughts on it? Cause you don't, you don't do it. Jay's, or, you know, he doesn't do it. JK doesn't do it. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky thing because if you are trying to make your living off of YouTube, you, you have, to, have to. You have to. You have to. Right. You have to get the views, or you don't get the money. Yeah. So, for Justin, the YouTube is more of a way to help build his brand and mm -hmm. keep his name out there and keep his projects. It's, it's a marketing tool. It's right. not a money-making tool. Correct. So for him, it's easy to say, we'll stick to business. You know what I mean? Keep it straightforward. Right. It is, we are, like you said, kind of like his videos, they are what they are. You know what I mean? It's him talking about the snakes that he's made, sharing his knowledge about it. And we recently have branched out a little bit to doing slightly more beginner-focused stuff because mm -hmm. um, there is such a a big group of pet keepers, you know, or just pe ball pythons are the number one pet in the world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who are looking them up on YouTube. And so, you know, we are trying to grow. It's, you know, nobody just does social media and is like, I'm glad that I have five followers. You know what I mean? Nobody, <laughs> nobody does that. Everybody, everybody wants to like get a little bit sure. more attention and get a little bit more likes and clicks and views. Um, so we're trying to branch out a little bit and reach those people, but also just because he has all this knowledge from 20 years of doing ball Python. Mm -hmm. So why not share it? So sure. Um, we're trying to do that a little bit more. So we have been doing two videos every week and it is hard to balance the, sensationalism mm -hmm. you know which is kind of what we try not to do we try not to misrepresent the animals and um we don't want to ever paint them in a negative light and so that's really i think what it comes down to is just making sure that we're always presenting them in a in a positive in a, in a realistic way like realistically mm -hmm. like he has a whole video about how ball pythons are picky feeders and he doesn't try mm -hmm. to tell you they're not like he yeah. he's like i can tell you out of after 20 years of experience they, they are picky and, just... and they go well yeah but they go through they naturally have that they, yeah. winter fast they it's just part of who they are and but here's what you can do about it like here here's what i've learned that works you know what i mean here's all the things you right. can try so he's not trying to sugarcoat it and make it like ball pythons are something they're not they are what they are but just not presenting it in a way where my ball python ate my hand or you know what i mean yeah. just like right right stuff well, that is not kind of painting them in a way that's going to be uh, beneficial. And I would say that's the one thing that I, you, you see brand new people 
um, ask is like, they're always concerned about like my snake missed a meal. And it's like, all right, well, when was the last time it ate? It ate last week. Dear Lord, leave it alone. Like it's yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I think if you're not prepared for the fact that these things can be picky feeders for, for a certain chunk of the year, certain people can get really stressed out about that kind of stuff. And you might not know that your snake is totally fine, but you're going to freak out about it. You're going to waste rodents and you might try to do something drastic to try to get the snake to eat. And like, I don't know, throw it alive and then have to deal with a rodent bite and things like that. So it's a lot of this stuff that, you know, I, I almost wish that we were able to tell people what it truly is. And not scare them away. Because I almost feel like if I tell you that this is going to happen and that's going to happen and that might happen, you're going to run away rather than just preparing you for what can happen. Like you almost got to. Right. Well, yeah. It, it's in. like me with with the carpet pythons early on. Mm-hmm. People said that they were bitey yeah. and nippy. And I was like, OK, no, like exactly. that's a big nope for me. But turns out like, OK, yeah, they can be as babies, you know, but a lot of times as adults, they chill out mm-hmm. most of the time. And even as babies, like it's a baby carpet. Like, it's not like it's going to kill you. You know what I mean? Like, but just the way that it was presented to me mm-hmm. was a way that scared me off from wanting to deal with it. And yeah. so yeah, yeah. I, it was almost made it like it would, they were vicious. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, or, or yeah. just like, Oh, you're, it's just going to be like a terror to deal with. Like, it's going to be like the worst experience of your life mm-hmm. for two years. And then maybe it'll calm down. And I was like, that sounds awful. I'm not a fan, but, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think definitely we have to approach, you know, sharing just the reality of the animals because mm-hmm. it, it's like dog breeds. Like, there are do- dogs have different qualities. You know what I mean? A German Shepherd does not have the same qualities as a Chihuahua. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean one is better or worse than the other, although I would say the German Shepherd's better and the Chihuahua's worse, but that's just me. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> some, some people here have big dogs, some people here have ankle biters. Um, but, uh, Quiet. The point is, like, there's, there's something out there for everyone. And that kind of was another video that I made was like the, the best pet snake video, which basically told you nothing about any snakes. <laughs> other than Nothing. It told you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it told you nothing other than you need to look into what, <laughs> what, look what works best for you. you yeah. Yeah. That's really it though. And, and I think the more that we can be realistic about the animals that we keep and, and share mm-hmm. our experiences with the animals in a very real but not frightening way, just a realistic way, uh, the better equipped people are going to be to jump into this and feel comfortable doing it and not falling into the same traps that everybody falls into where they're getting snakes that they're not prepared for because they bought a giant retic at mm-hmm. a reptile show because it had a pretty color and it was cheap or – they get a, you know, a, a, a green iguana and then it starts to want to kill them when it yeah, gets, right. you know, gets some it's maturity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they just can't keep up. I mean, yeah, you see people buy baby iguanas all the time. And I think, uh, what was it, last year uh, I, I met somebody who actually had an adult male green iguana that had all his spikes and looked glorious. And I'm like, holy shit, like that's that's hard. <laughs> like that is yeah. you really, to you. Yeah, dear God. Like it was one of those things. And, and, and certain people I just don't think are prepared for that kind of stuff. So I almost wish we could prepare without scaring people away or just having them decide that, I don't know what I'm talking about and go make that decision. But then of course, we're also dealing with people that like to do the Hamburg special and get, get the retic, get the crocodile and get, 
the Cobra and then figure it out from there. So I think, uh, yo, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, which brings me back to the point we were discussing earlier Mm -hmm. about highlighting all the things that are so cool about all the different species because they're all cool in their own way and they all have something that's, you know, a a catch about them. You know what I mean? Something that is like gray bands, you know? That's a whole little <sighs> niche within a niche yeah. of a niche, you know. And <laughs> they're they're all cool because you know, okay, well, this one looks like this, and it's just from one specific road, or you know what I mean. There's just there's yeah. all everything has its own little story, and so if you if you play that up and and share it with people from the f- forefront at the top, instead of it being something that they have to dive in and wiggle around and figure out themselves, which is kind of how it is now. You kind of just weirdly end up in your weird little corner somehow and nobody knows how they got there. (laughs) If we can kind of highlight this stuff, I think people will see it and then people won't be as inclined to make those impulse purchases. Or if they do, it'll be a more informed impulsive purchase. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think I, it's funny when we were the last night in Texas, it was me, Phil, Rob, Justin. And as the night dwindled, dwindled down, um, it was just me, Phil and Rob. And we were, he, he, we, we were talking about music and I said, I draw so many parallels between music and reptile keeping just cause this is how my brain works. It's either music or reptiles, music really, or reptiles. It's really the right? only thing. I, I'm the there. same. Yeah. I was, I was today. <laughs> so, the thing is, it's like, I don't like the question, who is the best guitar player, right? Because to me, it's all subjective. Music is an art. It's it's like what you like and what you, sounds good to your ears may not sound good to my ears, but that doesn't make my favorite guitar player any less gifted than yours than yeah. your favorite guitar player i mean clearly there are levels of talent i'm not i'm not saying that at all but like when you when you look at when you look at somebody like you know if you take eric clapton who's playing one note right mm-hmm. and he's playing one single note and can make you cry or be happy or the hair on your arm stand up as he's playing that one note as opposed to if you're listening to somebody like steve Vai, who's playing a million notes and has the same effect. Like, why is one better than the other? So now you take that idea, right? And you apply it to reptiles. Like, we're, we seem to have this, like, it's like this tribal thing that, like, I guess must be deep in our DNA that right we can't get rid of. It's, it's just, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, if, if somehow I like carpet pythons, then somehow I have to hate ball pythons. You must. It's and if there. I hate, ball pythons then you know i'm the i'm i'm going against the norm or what you know what i mean like ah screwing it to the man or whatever it is man yeah yeah. i'm and it's like it's almost like some people like i yeah i don't know Uh, some people like they'll go and get this rare colubrid that's just a hard to keep right it's a hard (laughs) feed it's like the worst thing you could possibly get like what are you doing man it eats lizards it doesn't why would you do this to yourself (laughs) what are you doing and it's just like somehow like and then and then you're gonna like try to portray that somehow Oh, uh, this 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 rare Asian colubrid is much better than uh, you know your ball python, yeah. and it's like really, I, I I don't know, I just don't understand why 
if one is good, one has to be bad. Like one, they both can be good, you know, but like for one person, this is good. And for somebody else, this is good. You know, for Owen, he likes to get, I feel, I feel personally attacked by this conversation (laughs) being that I have rare Asian colubrids that make a mess and are horrible creatures. Um, but, but dude, listen, that's your thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that some people would say it's bad. Right? It's so like, like some, it, it, some, I know that most of the snakes down in my snake room are not for most people. Sometimes I look at them and I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Why do I have like all these animals that just want to bite me and not breed? But it's it. Yeah. It's, That's what we like. It's my little like net. Like. Yeah, I I am. I'm getting to the point where I'm overjoyed no matter which cage I'm in. And I'm totally cool with that. And that's where you want to be. Yep. And then also like every, every clutch is like, dude, I, I've not been this excited about babies hatching. <laughs> like it's for the, these, these dopey little five Madagascar hogs that I've been like, like, Oh yeah. I was so happy with these things. And that's weird. Right. If, if it gets to the point where I'm just like, Oh, more babies and like i throw them behind me i right. you need to get rid of these animals so yeah so what's your what's your plan yeah. to get those started uh i'm gonna try to put food in them so um yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. oh it is not good no no no, no i'm really not. <laughs> I, I i fear if i ever get the team where like how'd you do it i i put the male in with the female Oh, no, dear, it's dear. um. <laughs> first thing, it's same thing I did with the rhinos. It, it it's going to be trial, and then it's going to be stepping up from there. So, obviously, first thing I'm going to do is just kind of offer straight up like frozen thought fuzzies, and then if See, somebody, take, yeah, why not? Yeah, if somebody takes frozen thought fuzzies, you are my favorite. Like, and then they go over there, and they will never see anything else but frozen thought fuzzies. But then after that, I have like I have gecko scent, I have frog scent. Um, I could even try live fish if I wanted to do that. We'll just keep stepping it up until eventually yeah. I get everybody. Yep. Every trick in the bag. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I did with the rhinos. That's what I'm going to do with the rhinos this year. It's going to be like, who wants the pinkies? And then I'll have one or two that'll eat pinkies. And those get aside from my special friends. So, um, it's, right. you know, the ones that eat the pinkies right off the bat, everybody else, you start with the f- fish scented pink and then eventually you get the live fish and then, Frozen thawed fish, yada yada yada. Go through all that crap. So that's the plan for the Mad Hog babies. Well, that's exciting. I don't think we can have them here. We have uh, a weird law in Georgia where we can't. No have... rear fang. Yeah, but we can have Western hog nose. But... Rear fang. I know it doesn't really. Well, I know we. I know we can't have mangroves and we can't have false. anything like that. Really. It, so. Can, can you have false water cobra? No. Okay, because I want to say that a Madagascar hog nose is more like false water cobra than it is a western hog nose like it's not if i were to put the two of them together like i was looking at the babies and looking at my false water cobra i'm like yeah i i see it like so we we can have the tricolor hogs too now that i'm thinking about it so i don't know what it is well somebody who didn't know was the one who wrote all the things like how um i think olive pythons are technically illegal in the city of new york because Probably, somebody yeah. just looked up size. Yeah, somebody just looked up the size and went all of these, and then that was that was it. Right. So we we also can't have any native animal. Like we can't have any native. So like I can't have a corn snake. <laughs> it's so sad. That's crazy. Nobody wants. Not it. even like an albino one or oh yeah, nope, it doesn't. Jersey. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people have asked for that to be like amended or whatever because it makes no sense. But no, nothing. It doesn't matter if it's a morph. Weird, because I know New Jersey. Hmm. It has to have 
red eyes or yeah it it has to be yeah. like an albino or it has to have red eyes it cannot have natural eyes it's Which funny awesome. owen says to me yeah owen says to me i i wanted to i was looking into getting dk snakes DK's. he's like i don't know if you can have them I know if you can have and them. i was like what are you talking about like why couldn't i have them i have carpet pythons and scrub pythons like what would he's like because they're native they're native like, ah I never i never even because i've always dealt with exotics that yeah well, I even and I only say that because I put in my breeder's license and I put down all the crazy shit that I got. And the one thing I got flagged on is my black rat snakes. They were like, what are these? I'm like, eh, they're just white sided black rat snakes. They're like, OK, all right. And I'm the, like, the OK. Really strange thing is, uh, the exception to the native rule in Georgia is venomous. So if you want to have a native venomous, you're good to go. I think it's because there of the rattlesnake roundup. Uh, but yeah, oh, gotcha. Now, yeah, it's like if you depressing. want a copperhead, perfect. But corn snake, nope. Yeah, that's the we're allowed one venomous per person in PA, technically. I think it's some or copperheads. I'm I sorry, think, you're uh, one because, copperhead per person and one timber rattlesnake. One timber per rattlesnake per person in your house. Yep, one, one, just one, <laughs> one per person. You yep. can field collect it. Yep, you just only, have only one. one. Yep. Um, I think at some point we're gonna go herping down there in Georgia and Florida, like yes. Uh, Oh, well, we, uh, well, let me know. I can't say that I uh, know any good spots, but I would love to tag along. That, it's sure. why we have yeah, Rob. Yeah, yeah. He'll find the spots for us. Yes. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs a Rob Stone. Everybody needs a Rob Stone. Um, yeah. So before Owen asked you the closing questions, mm. I was going to ask you, how was the uh, NARBC? And what is oh. it? Schaumburg? Is that how you say it? Schaumburg. Yeah. I say that yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it was, was kind it? of like the uh, the Tinley do over for like right. all the ones that they've missed. Um, <laughs> I, so I've, I've never been to an NR, NARBC before, so I've had oh, them really so high think? on a pedestal for, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've like wait and wait and wait for somebody to put out a vlog after they mm -hmm. went, you know, to see, cause I was like living vicariously through everybody else all the time. Um, so I was really excited for it. And to me, honestly, it, it wasn't a letdown. It just wasn't as, big and crazy as I kind of expected, but I think right. it was because a couple of factors. I think the time of the year, it's June, so a lot of stuff isn't mm -hmm. hatched yet or isn't ready to go. Mm -hmm. Second of all, it was on Father's Day weekend, Ooh, so yeah, that not really a great That's weekend. A tough one. <laughs> and then also just the venue change. It was in a different part of town than normal right. um, and like also not at the normal March or October, so it, I, I think just all those factors, but it was still a really good show. And I still, I mean, it was the best reptile show I've ever been to. Granted, I don't, I've only mm -hmm. ever been to like random mm -hmm. local repticons or we used to have another, another one that I think is now not happening anymore in Georgia. But, um, so gotcha. it was definitely the best reptile show I've ever been to. And I got to see uh, psychotic exotic. So I got to see some cool carpets, yeah. which, was, oh, cool. which was awesome. And I know, uh, Casey picked up a bunch of stuff, so I'll let him tell y'all about that, but. I saw Billy Hunt yeah, too. I got to meet Billy Hunt. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. I, I got to meet Ra uh, Ralph Polinski, who I've got my my roughies from. So that was awesome. And uh, I know you guys had He's Mike awesome from Mike's Monitors on here not too long yeah, ago. I got to yeah, yeah. So I, got, I got to meet. For me, the really fun part about it was the socialization, getting to mm -hmm. meet a mm -hmm. lot of people. I got to hang out with Garrett of Reach Out Reptiles. I'm repping his shirt right now. Mm -hmm. Um who is somebody that I've, you know, become friends with and he, he's mentored me a little bit on the, the super dwarf stuff. So really excited to, to kind of get to hang out with people and 
make friends in real life that I've kind of been stalking online for years. <laughs> and right. uh, and yeah, there was there was some awesome animals, and it was it was so fun just to see kind of the the caliber of some of the booths and yeah. the, the excitement of of it all. And I I got to, I was working too. I was I was vending with. Justin, so I was um, doing the merch table. So I'd never, I never vended a show before. So that was kind of a new experience for me, um, just getting to sit behind the table and kind of experience it on that level and get to walk around and say hi to people. So it was, it was really fun. I really, I had a great time and um, I'm excited to hopefully go back uh, for the actual Tinley in October. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I keep, are they having October Tinley? I'm assuming they are. Yeah. They're having it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. As, as far as I, yeah, I mean, unless something weird happens, God forbid. I don't know, man. Right. I, I keep thinking about how I'm just going to fly down to Daytona for the weekend. <sighs> yeah, I've thought about that as well. Yeah. I thought about that <laughs> as well. I I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's just far enough of a drive for me that it like makes me not want to do it. I think it's like a ten or eleven hour drive, and it's like, uh, I don't oh know. wow, I could do it, but I don't mm. know if I want to. Mm. A, wow. I might, I might, I'm jonesing for some kind of reptile interaction. Of course, like I, we might hang out like next week and I'll be like, yeah, I'm tired of people. So I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it comes and it goes. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. How I, know, I, had true, a, true, I, true. I recorded a video, like, you know, I recorded a vlog kind of thing at, um, mm. Schomburg and I, well, I actually recorded two cause I recorded one for Justin and then I recorded one for myself. And then after, the whole kind of me not being really a true extrovert kind of faking being an extrovert for a whole weekend <laughs> and then editing one vlog about it. I still haven't put mine together and it's going to be coming out in like six months when like nobody cares. Cause I'm just like, Ugh. when did that show happen? Wait, yeah, what? Yeah, wait right. a minute. <laughs> just wait for October Thursday, three years ago. Yeah. Just, just put it out yeah. in October and then you just fake it as that one. So there, there you, go. you go. Cool. God. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll just hit on the closing questions. So let's start with if you could go herping anywhere in the world, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find? Um, I'm 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 joining in on the roughy trip. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be the Kimberly. Super, yeah, that would be super cool to go to the Kimberly and and uh see see him in the wild but honestly any anywhere in australia i think would be cool i know everybody says that but i mean come on how can you not i mean it was yeah (laughs) yeah so i'm sure you guys understand uh and then also i do think that i would like to go to like costa rica or somewhere like that like a little more tropical and Mm -hmm. see some boas and and all that kind of thing that would be cool for me too so so somewhere like central or south america or australia which i mean those are probably the two most popular answers but (laughs) that's where i'm at they are but that's the problem is i think i'd be happy anywhere (laughs) like oh cool snakes also (laughs) i will say it would be really cool to go to one of the tiny little indonesian islands and see the little tiny retics (laughs) <laughs> little, okay. little baby retics yeah all right Do you have a favorite locale that yeah. you would want to uh, see well honestly any of them but i i think the the karampas they're the smallest the smallest okay. locality and they are um i'm not even sure that they really exist in the wild i think that they might have been like all the uh farming or whatever like the tree i don't know like deforestation clean. and stuff right. might have happened. Yeah. yeah right okay 
All right. Now, if you could keep any reptile and you wouldn't have to worry about price, legality, or any of those other things, what would it be and why? All right. Um, it's again. Okay, I have two. Okay. Uh, rhino iguana. Oh, Jesus. And okay. um, I just think they're it's like a dog that eats lettuce. Um, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> a leathery dog that eats lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the, again, this is probably going to be like the number one thing that you guys hear. Well, I will say this. All right. Two of my dream animals that I, I already have them, which is the super dwarf free tick and the rough scale python. That happens. So and then I, you have I've to shift. got those. Yeah. But uh, Boland's python. And I'm very lucky in that I get to work with one. Okay. So I'm not saying this out of like, I'm saying this because everybody thinks they're cool and I think they're cool too because everybody thinks they're cool. They are cool. And, and yeah. I want one. Like, okay. yeah. So like they are so cool. I know you guys have gone to Keith's, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and his, uh, his one female, um, she she like she didn't try to bite she, you. She she struck at me, but she didn't open her mouth. She just hit me with her head, and I'm pretty I sure I honored. saw Jesus. So um, it was. <laughs> she had a big head, a man. Oh head. god, yeah. That, that, that like they have yeah. huge heads. No, that it's that bizarre. was that was enough for me. Yeah. They're gorgeous, yeah. but no. <laughs> like, well, ours are both um, very. I mean, I'm sure they can get feisty like anything else, mm-hmm. especially if it's like feeding time, but. They they're like you open the door and they climb onto you. Yeah, like they it's it's everybody that has ever come and want and interacted with them has gone home and like obsessed over them for for months just because they they have like one person at the show at Schomburg, um, shout out to Jason Abraham he he's a nice guy he um he was like this is embarrassing but I had dreamed about that snake <laughs> like he, he literally went home and dreamed about it. Because to me, it's and, – and the funny thing is the first time I saw one, I was at the zoo. Mm. And they had a big giant uh, Bolins on exhibit at the Atlanta Zoo. And I saw it and I, I took – I have pictures and videos on my phone from when I saw that years and years ago, like five or six years ago. And I hadn't – I never heard of them. And mm. I was like, what is this? Like I never heard of this this species. And so I, I took a picture and I took video and I was like, I'm going to look this up when I get home and like see if anybody can has them in Georgia and I can get one. And little did I know, like <laughs> I had Surprise. no idea they were, who they are. And I, I Googled them and I found – the first thing I found was Ari's page where he's like pictures of him like with the indigenous yeah. people. And I was like, what the fuck? Like what yeah. is this? <laughs> what the hell so, is this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to say – I'm going to say a Bolins. I would love to have one of my own and like just – get a room in my house and give it a giant amazing setup and just bask in its glory like what's this this is the rainforest room where i keep my bowl and i yeah yeah like Like, i don't need i don't need children i have this it's like a rainforest (laughs) grove with a chair in the middle like that's where i somebody (laughs) i don't know where i think maybe i saw it on youtube maybe it was facebook but there's somebody that keeps his retic in this room size enclosure and it's like i think you need that it's it's yeah, but dude, this I mean, it, it's like they grew trees in the room and stuff. Oh, cool. like, oh, you know what? I have seen that too, and I don't know who it is. Yeah, but I, don't I know either. exactly what you're talking about. It's very impressive. You're like, holy shit. I might that's, I guess that's how a retick should be kept. I might right? have to like, get there, you know, you know. Somebody keeps feeding my retick. I keep forgetting you have retick. I have <sighs> one. I have just the one now. One retic. Yeah, the other ones are gone. They were not nice and kept breaking the glass on their cages. 
Like Which, the next thing you know, they break out of your house like, through the window. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm waiting for. So no, I have one retick because I'm not allowed to sell that retick. Well, your tortoise, like, doesn't he go for walks down no, the oh, street? Well, no, listen, he wasn't <laughs> supposed to go for a walk down the street, but the sulcata sounds like somebody built a shitty fence. Uh, I shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I built an amazing fence. He's just an a-hole. <sighs> Yeah, the tortoise got out and was found two blocks away. All right, what do you want from me? <laughs> did they know it was you? How did they know it was yours? Somebody texted my neighbor and they're like, "Does your neighbor like have a tor- a turtle?" And she's like, "Yes." And then she texted me. She said, "Your tortoise is out." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" So then I ran out front or I ran out back. And when you run out back and you know your tortoise has escaped, there's usually a crowd, and there was. So I. <laughs> Ran towards the crowd, and I got to see his ass end kind of running around the corner. And uh, um, I was gonna say, you're forever the tortoise guy now. Uh, yep, like, now if you weren't I'm already the snake guy, oh, you're yeah. the tortoise well, guy. And that was the funny thing. I come running up, and there's this one woman holding a yellow bag, and he keeps moving towards her. And I'm like, I know what he like that he's looking for food, and you have a yellow bag, and that's what's going on here. And she's like, Is it dangerous? I'm like, Is it fucking da- what? It's a, it's a tortoise. tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a vegetable? Then no. Wait, like, what, what is the yellow bag? Like, well, do you he, feed them out any, of a yellow any, bag any, or something? Anything yellow or red? They're like, all, like a laser beam onto that shit. If you ever really? watch, like at the zoo, they'll bring out yellow buckets, and all the tortoises will start wandering towards it. So, wow, yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, I had to pick him up and walk his sixty-something pound ass back to the house and. You should have gotten the bag and just lured him. Yeah, no, just come here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah come I'm back. I'm not waiting. Come I, I had to leave work. I wasn't waiting that long. I'm like, come here. Yeah, pick him up, throw what him. What do you down. mean, leave work? That's your couch. What are you talking no, about? No, I work. This is, <laughs> you know, go work is a shop right space. and do your rounds. You face the store uh, yet? Jesus. Yeah. Be mean. Uh, anyway. So... <laughs> Uh, Parents are fighting. Don't they, don't pay yeah, attention. They, to they, us. In front of the children. Feels like home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the uh, last one. So, we... how do people get in touch with? Oh, wait. Did you have another? There's question? one last. Jesus oh, sorry. Christ. Twelve sorry. fucking sorry. years of this show. Will you shut up and let me do it? God. I'm sorry. More fighting. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna start slipping my little requests for animals under y'all's doors. That's. I mean, that's how that happens. <laughs> huh. Um, I want a Bolin's python. Okay. No, <laughs> ten thousand dollars handed away. <laughs> All right. Now, what will you be adding anything to your collection in this coming year? I know you said the female rough scale, but is there anything else that you have your eye on? Yeah. So I've I've got the female roughy, and then the um. The, I've got another uh, uh, Super Dwarf retic coming, which okay. I'm pretty excited about. Um, I'll be doing a video about that. And I'll do a video about the rough skill too. And other than that, since I'm getting married no, and that's expensive, <laughs> I, I probably know unless something falls into my lap that is way too good to pass up. Casey does have a clutch of um, hypo stonewash mm. rattles that he just – is they just laid and so that is very tempting but um i'm trying like i said i I try really hard to move slowly so that i am purposeful and have plans for everything and i'm not just sitting there one day in a room full of snakes like what did i do which i still sometimes lay in bed and i'm like why do i have snakes in my house (laughs) like what am i doing um 
But yeah, so those are my plans for now. My my plans for sure are I've got the two that are on the way and I'm going to try to keep that what it is for now and then reevaluate. I think after we're, we're going to try to buy a house after we get married. So that'll be a time when I can really start to kind of see what I'm able to get more of because I'm kind of tapped out on space right now. It, it's fun house hunting when you're a reptile person because they're like, what's important to you? I'm like, basement. With know, electricity. Basement. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> basement. Like, yeah. Basement with electricity. Yeah. And it's yes. right. Exactly. Like I need a sink. And be and be ready to have the fight where the basement's perfect, but the kitchen sucks. And you're like, I don't need to eat Been that there. much. <laughs> like, yeah. In there. Why do you want like, that? I, we get takeout all the time all anyway. That's fine. <laughs> There's so much room for activity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Awesome. All right, Eric. Now you can go. Oh, so if somebody wants to get in touch with you or follow you, what's all your uh, how can they how can they do that? How can they? Yeah. So I am um, at Girl with Scales, which was one of my screen names on the forums Mm -hmm. back in the day. I copied it (laughs) for Instagram. Um, I'm at Girl with Scales on Instagram and also Girl with Scales on YouTube. And then on Facebook, my name is Summer Grace Mitchell. You're welcome to add me. Just don't murder me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just ask that you please not kill me. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, it's been uh, it's been great having you on and uh, great chatting with you. And uh, yeah, good conversation. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And like I said, I, I owe a lot of my, I, I owe my, you know, my venture down the Morelia Road to you guys. Hmm. So Big honor to be on here, and thank you guys for what you do. No, you're totally, thank and you. it's definitely keep up the good work with all the YouTube videos and all that other stuff. And you know, yeah, totally awesome. Hundred percent. Let me know if you want a ball python. I can hook you up. No. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've lost me. So, <laughs> you were doing so well. <laughs> all right, we'll close it out real quick, yep. and then we'll get going all right uh for us uh info at moreliapythonradio.com you can get in touch with us and if you want to follow I, i'm just going to make it real simple moreliapythonradio.com is where you can get everything you need everything. to know about us and all the podcasts and all that stuff and the network and everything and yeah so um don't forget to listen to the new episode that has dropped of the field herping podcast um uh it's uh, definitely different than podcasts that are out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're in the field, Herpin, uh, I think you you enjoy it. And we talked to, uh, like I said, Lou Boyer. Um, and uh, it was a good conversation with him, even though I didn't really talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like Nipper I did. did that. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah. So if you want to do that, that's where you would follow us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. And go over and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Murray Path and Radio Network. Cool. That's all I got. Yep. Um, and then uh, go check out the Teespring store. Make sure you become a patron on the Patreon play- page at the Inland Carpet level. Um, if you're on the Inland Speaking level. Speaking of which, we have to do uh, – We're going to have to make that up. We're going to have to do – Yeah, we Ma'am. have to do it. So Talk to the interns. Get a date and get just that yell going. at the interns. Get them to do stuff. Yeah. 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 Damn interns. (laughs) What's it? The one intern got an intern. When did that happen? And when did we allow that to happen? I don't know. (laughs) Damn it. 
You're uh, running them. I don't well, know. My father yesterday was like, I used to be an intern. I'm like, what? No, you didn't. It's, yeah. So now he's all depressed. So anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll have to. <laughs> swift justice must be dispatched upon the interns. Is wait, what I'm thinking. wait, I do. Yep. I do have one real quick little tidbit. So uh-huh. I, I went to uh, visit my parents tonight and um, my dad was making fun of me about something <laughs> because I told him like he kept talking to me about reptiles and whatnot and. I said, nah, dad, I really want to stick with just Australian stuff. You know, that's kind of like my thing. I'm mm. trying to, to slim down the collection and just have Australian stuff. So I told him about, I told him about the rhino rat. Oh. And I said, so he's like, oh, that's a cool snake. Where's that from? And I was like, not, not Australian. China. He's like, oh, <laughs> I'm coming on the show and I'm going to rip you apart. <laughs> And I said, Owen would love that. He would. Because he would. That's, I never, I, it only ever goes take, one way. <laughs> Just. I said, he's so sick of his dad ripping him. He needs, we need a new dad to rip yeah, us. I need, I need somebody so, else uh, to get ripped on. Yeah. Yeah. So when we have that little uh, get together on Saturday, he's going to be there. Nice, so, nice, you know, nice, yeah. nice. Um, anyway. So anyway, so definitely go do that. Uh, check out, I already said the Teespring store. Uh, Patreon, uh, so you can go and access the monthly uh, show that is just me, Eric, and the interns talking about whatever. Uh, Carpets and Coffee is on Fridays now, right? Yeah, Fridays. I'm actually going to be on this one this time, this week, I think. So, oh boy, I know we privileged. You're damn right. (laughs) Every once in a while, I come down from on high and grace you people. See that? Anyway, join us. (laughs) Stop. <laughs> All right. Um, for uh, for Eric, you can go to ebmorelia.com and check out everything is ebmorelia. For me, you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, everything else that's on for Rogue. And uh, that's all we have for you guys tonight. Uh, so we'll say thanks. Wait, what? Riley's Reptiles. Uh, no, 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 no plugs for interns. Uh, fine, come on. Fine. Riley's, Riley's Reptiles. reptiles. Go check out his YouTube channel too. And uh, then you got uh, the Lucas. The other one. What's his name? Centralian yeah. Exotics. <laughs> yeah. The other one. What? Uh, the Lucas. Yeah. So I think it's like Eric and uh, Eric and Owen Part Two. It, it very much is. <laughs> it's almost it like very yeah. much is because everyone's. It's very I funny see, how that. Worked I see out. Riley and him talking, and I'm like, "Damn, dude, Riley is. Oh my god, it's me." So yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready to break somebody. He's ready to in rip half, something like, half. Ah. And Lucas, Lucas is like, "Well, if we all just kind of come it's together, like, it's like, shut up, you. Like, yeah, that's." <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we don't play favorites. NPR we don't 2.0. play favorites with the interns, <laughs> or do we? So, all right, yeah. that's all we have for everybody uh, tonight. We'll say thank you all for listening, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>